This is Tabcast 39, and on it we trade our way to success. We delve into our favorite fantasy adventure movies, and we attempt to save Terranoth when we play Runebound. This is Tabcast 39. Now, I'm Fred. I'm joined once again by my wife. Nicole. Now, Nicole, we played a fantasy adventure game this week. Now, let me just ask you something. When you think of classic characters in fantasy adventure, who is the first person that comes to your mind? I don't know. Could be anybody. Fantasy adventure? Right. I don't know. The first one that comes to my mind. Yes, the first one. I know the first one that came to my mind. When you first said adventure, I thought Indiana Jones, but that's not fantasy adventure. That's Mildly. Just, no, 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 no. When I think fantasy, Are, okay, dragon. The dragon. That's your character? I'm talking about an individual, like an actual person. The dragons sometimes are individuals. Okay, well, I'm going to say mine. This, this, this is what I was thinking. The first person I thought about when I thought of, like, fantasy adventure was Perseus. That's like mythology adventure. Still, he had fantasy adventures. Yeah, he did have Pegasus. Right. So I'll give it to you. Fought a Kraken. <laughs> had a magic shield. Yeah, there were no dragons, though. He had a clockwork owl. I always tend to think more medieval. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. Okay. It's because I'm a product of the why 80s not? Why generation. not King Arthur, then? I don't know. King Arthur's fine. There was no dragon. But there were wizards and spells and a lady who lived in a lake and distributed swords. Yeah. Eh, <laughs> no dragons. I don't know. I think I think of dragons. Dragons? Yeah. So who, who fought dragons? I don't know. That guy with the... You're terrible at this. I'm really bad at this, yeah. Why don't you just say Harry Potter? Oh, he fought a dragon. Fantasy adventure. Oh, you're right. Crap, I never even thought of that one. Aww. You're fired. I, I am it. not fired. No, I, I am it. not fired. No, you don't get to change anything. I'm changing some stuff. <laughs> you stop it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Things are getting changed. <laughs> well, it is uh, July, and it's super hot. And you can, you, you can hear, like, we got a it fan running on us. And will we it be have, July when this airs? Oh, yeah, it yeah, airs, like, we got, Friday. We got air conditioning running nonstop. We got fans on us. It's going to be, like, 102 tomorrow, from what I understand. Ugh. <laughs> I, I'm just not a fan. That's why we bought one. I know. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> hey, guess what, though, Nicole? What, Fred? I'm going to see Kiss tomorrow. I know. I'm excited for you. Your makeup's going to melt. Right. I'm going as Paul Stanley, everybody. You know, if I had known, <laughs> apparently I know a guy that can do professional makeup and he would have like set you up with a guy to do airbrush makeup so you wouldn't melt. But I said, no, it's too late. It's 24 hour notice. You I can know. do it. You can pull it off. No, you already spent the $2 to get the right. I will totally take free airbrush makeup so I show up looking better than everybody else. Oh, it's too late. I'm sorry. Here's the funny thing. Everybody listening, I'm going with Travis, who was on our King of Tokyo episode and on our WWE 
uh, card Smackdown. game. Smackdown. Smackdown or whatever it was. Showdown. Showdown. Superstar Showdown. Showdown? The Superstar Showdown, I think. Okay, whatever. They were on those episodes, and his son Lucas is going with us. It's his first rock concert. That is exciting. Now, I'm just sitting here saying to myself, you, you are going to, like, infect this kid with this Kiss concert because, okay... Everything seems more grand when you're younger. And when you think back to it, it's even cooler. So let's just say this is Kiss's last tour. Let's just say that. I mean, they're in their mid-60s. It's potentially that. Yeah. I doubt it. but Let's not be negative, Nils. But I'm just saying, if he never goes to see Kiss again, he's going to remember, because he's nine right now. Yeah, he's going to remember, remember that this there's this awesome spectacle. And every other band for the rest of his life is going to try to live up to this and fail. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to happen. It He's, is a pretty rough gig to have to live up to. Lucas is going as the demon. I'm betting that's the number one choice for young children. You think? They all want to be Gene Simmons. I don't know. When I was a kid, now I, I, got, I got kiss cards when you know I was really young. Uh-huh. And I, I wanted to be Gene Simmons. Huh. Gene breathes fire and spits blood. Has bat wings. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be Gene? I don't want to have to wear those boots. I'd fall over. Yeah. I'd fall down. It'd be bad. I would say that I'm going to go as the most, I don't know, probably the most, I'm going as Paul Stanley. And which one? He's the guy with the star on his face. He's probably the most androgynous kind of character, although he does his hairy chest out all the time. Are you going to let your hairy chest show? No. Oh. I'm not doing that far. I'm just doing makeup. (laughs) Okay. I looked at, this is the thing though, full disclosure, I looked into costumes Oh my and goodness. they were super expensive. Yeah, For bet. a Paul Stanley costume that doesn't look like a piece of plastic just kind of wrapped around you, it's somewhere around $150 to get, just to begin. Yeah, that's crazy. And then you have to buy boots on top of it. Right. Like special little boots. Which are like $150 each. Which are like another $100 for the pair, <laughs> you know? So it wasn't quite worth it. I didn't want to spend, you know, $250, $300 on a costume that was that big. Okay, so now you get me curious. What was your first concert that you ever went to? My first concert, my first actual rock and roll concert was Judas Priest. Wow. I love them so much, too. They're my Deserted Island band, in case anybody wants to know. I mean, I, I just ruined another list I could potentially do. Deserted <laughs> Island bands? They're, they're my number one I, Deserted I Island them. band. I would take the Judas Priest catalog with me to a Deserted Island, and yeah. I'd be happy. I would. Huh. I have no doubt. Uh, that was my first concert. Uh, Megadeth opened up for them, and Testament opened up for them. Huh. And I still listen to both those bands. I've seen Testament <laughs> like four years ago. In 2012, I saw him, and I saw Megadeth two years ago with Iron Maiden. Yeah, that's totally different than my first concert. Iron Maiden's my second deserted island band. They're the second oh place. I, Megadeth is third. Hmm. Do you make lists like this? No. I do. <laughs> I do all the I do time. when you ask me to, and then I, yeah. And then I think about it, and then I change it like three years down the road, but I whatever. love metal, though. I mean, I just... I know you do. But I like the class, that classic type of metal. I don't, I don't need super screamo... Double double bass, you know. Right. I just don't need that. It's not. It's okay, you know. <laughs> it's it's not Ronnie James Dio. He's not on my deserted island list. Okay. But he's really good. Okay. He's 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 getting close in mo- in these modern times. He's approaching it. All right. I know. I, I know. He, I thought he was dead. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So Isn't, how does he get better? That's what's so messed up. So he can get better. Here's what's funny: is I knew about Ronnie James Dio, and. I didn't really pay attention to him until this is this is so ridiculous. I'm, I feel ashamed to admit this, being as old as I am. I didn't really pay attention to him until Killswitch Engage covered Holy Diver. 
And then Ronnie dies. And then, well, then uh, Tenacious, Tenacious D, D did, did a Dio song that was yeah. funny, but they didn't really do much for Ronnie. I don't right. think it helped his career much. It made me hear of him. But but Killswitch covered Holy Diver, and I thought their cover of it was so good, I started listening to more Dio stuff. Dio dies. And I just remember one of the things I thought about Dio, and this is this is way off subject. <laughs> yeah. But one of the things I thought about Dio was I saw this documentary about, it was called Metal, A Headbanger's Journey. Uh-huh. And it's a really long, it's a really long DVD. It's like three or four hours long. And this guy just talks about all these different bands. Well, he interviews all these bands and they're all backstage and they're all just kind of like, oh yeah, you want to interview me because I'm awesome. Dio was the only guy who said, hey, I want to do this interview with you, but I'd rather you just come to my house and have dinner with me. And he has this dude, this random dude over to his house and they're like sitting in this weird, it's decorated so outrageous, you know, because he's awesome. But He's money, lots <laughs> yeah. of money. And, and he's just hanging out there and he's so generous, feeds this guy and hangs out with him and... I don't know. He's just, a, he's one of the coolest guys ever. So now he's na- major deserted island list. Ah, guy's so close. <laughs> he's so close because I, I don't know. I don't know. I love him. Okay. So back on topic. Okay. Well, let's talk about some stuff that got played, Nicole. That's not what I was going to say. What? What's on topic? Well, Nicole, what's the first band you ever saw in concert? Okay. Wait a second. <laughs> Since I'm, okay. What's the first band you ever saw in concert, Nicole? Well, there were two bands because it was... Uh, modern English and Men Without Hats. Oh, man. I know. So rocking. <laughs> hey, but best part, free tickets. Oh, wait, wait, Woo-hoo. wait. Are any of those two, either one of them, a deserted island band for you? No, they're both one hit wonders. Terrible. I know. <laughs> Bad choice. Free tickets. <laughs> Let's talk about what got played. Okay. We like to game with gods. We like to game with dice. So this is what we say. But when the chips were gone, So hard to give up talking about metal. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, but fellow listeners, I am so sorry that I opened that can of worms. Oh man, I could talk for hours. You can totally I could do a whole new podcast all about heavy metal. If oh, I, I can't. I'm not going to be on that one. Nope. No, I'd, I'd have Travis on there with me. Okay. That's my and, brother in rock. You and Travis start your little. <laughs> Wait, who's your brother in rock? Don't have one. No. See? I don't rock. <laughs> Although I do like Avenged Sevenfold or System of a Down, but I don't think System's even alive. Like, not alive. They're alive. They just don't do anything anymore. Yeah, they've talked about it. Anyway, and here we go. the last couple albums. Of course. Yeah, so, anyhow. Okay. Well, anyways. Moving along. What got played? There's only one, that, <laughs> the one thing that got played, and I played this solo. Yeah, I know. I wasn't there. We had, you know, we had like, uh, you know, this preceding this recording, we had uh, 4th of July week, and then I went right in, you know, which was... For some reason, it was like a barren wasteland of no one's available to come over. And then we turn right around and I go into a ridiculous YMCA show that demolishes my entire life for a whole week. Yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. Right. But right before I went back to work after 4th of July, I got a chance to play Shadows of Malice. Right. I did not. No, this is a game that was rec- recommended a year ago, a little over. And this was on my, on my list of shame, I think. So I, I still I, I knocked play another it. one of these off. This was this was recommended by listener Glenn mm-hmm. to me, and I, I picked it up because he just said this is an adventure game. It's kind of in that sort of vein of old D anD D, and maybe you should check it out. You know? And you did. So tell me about right. it. Right now, up front, this game is not an entry level game. Okay. Okay. Really hard. Well, that's what <clears> he'd said. It's 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 there's a lot to it. A lot going on. It's it's there's just a lot to know. 
once you once you know it, it plays real simply, just like Dungeons and Dragons does. Once yeah. you kind of have the base, you know, the foundation going, everything else is fine. <clears throat> this is this does give you that classic feel. I really think it does. It gives you that this sort of the Dungeons and Dragons 1.0 or like the really early role playing games because it really punishes you without any concern for your feelings or balance of the game at all. Okay. Okay. Because the point, like, well, let me just tell you, the point of this game is always the same. You are trying to find light wells, the light well, and defeat a guardian that's guarding the light well. And you're trying to do this before the shadows of Zuthul do. And that's, they, if they come out, they basically, these little shadows come out of these gates from another realm. And if they make it to the light well, they go straight towards these wells, these right. guardian fortresses. And if they find the light well, then they, they're going to win the game. Okay. So, and it is a co-op if you play together. You can play as a co-op, or I guess you can play competitive too. Hmm. I can't remember. I didn't. Where one of you is the shadow? No, where one, where where both you are two different sets of adventurers going for the same goal. Okay. (laughs) But uh, if the light well is destroyed, Zuthul, by one of his shadows, Zuthul himself appears, and you basically have to defeat him immediately. Okay. So that's basically all you have to do is the only thing keeping him back is this light well on the board. Now this board uh, is just this little grid of it's like a little hexagonal collection of of hexes you know okay and it's it's in a hex shape and you put a couple of these hexes together and that makes your map and you got six of these little hexes and you can play this with a bunch of different people but ultimately the the hexes are just little terrain types and i mean the artwork's not exceptional it sort of looks like it's kind of hand drawn you know it's it's pretty simple it looks like you so know? i would like it maybe probably maybe it, there's not much to it uh each of the terrain types on this map has a certain movement cost to move through it. And at the start of every turn, you actually roll dice to find out how many movement points you have. Oh. And your little avatar is not a little figurine. It's just some little oval. <laughs> it's huh. like an eyeball with a couple different colors. It, but it's okay that it's abstract. But, I mean, your entire character, this is how weird this game is. For a fantasy adventure game, it's really offbeat. Because your entire character is just this little eyeball-looking thing that's called an avatar of light, and the only representation you have for this is a randomly drawn skill and a, and whatever gear you have. That's your entire character. There's no real stats beyond this one little card that tells you what your superpower is. You just draw it from a deck huh. of cards. That's weird. Right. So how does he fight? Uh, you go in like so. You have you do have weapons and you have abilities that you can use based on your little card, and uh, you also have these little magic gemstones that come with the game which are probably they're those big chunky acrylic ones okay and when you go into like let's just say you go into like a layer okay because there's little layer spaces and i think you can always like search for fights but in layers you can get rewards like like extra treasure and stuff like that and there's little town spaces that can they can't sell you you know whatever you want but they're because they're randomized (laughs) it's pretty hard they're pretty they're randomized but you can go into this little layer and you fight and what what's cool is this this is why it's kind of fun You've got this, this, you got this random generating chart that tells you the first, you roll on the first little chart, it tells you what type of creature it is. Okay. Then you roll on the next chart, it tells you how tough that creature is. And then you roll on the last chart, it tells you how many extra powers you draw from the creature's little power deck that it gets to have as well. So it gets additional powers beyond just being there? Right, potentially. Huh. So the most mundane fight could be against one of the hardest guys in the whole game. Weird. Right. Why would you do that? You have to. You do gotta, you die if you lose? You are like sort of like reborn. 
Oh. You, you'll get a new skill and you become a, a new avatar that comes down because ultimately... Do you get to keep your stuff? I don't think so. Okay, that sounds like you're just starting over and over and over. That doesn't sound good. Well, mm. <laughs> kind of. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, so you're rolling, then you roll, roll a fight. Now, fighting is just like rolling, adding your bonuses and combining totals. And however much you supersede them by is how many points of damage you do or vice versa. And you have a certain number of hit points and everybody has like the same hit points. You so know? how hard is it to get weapons and things? Mm, fairly hard. Huh. I mean, you're not guaranteed anything. And sometimes the weapons are like one use things and you just fought a really tough creature and all you got was a potion that makes it when you fight avian type creatures, then you, <laughs> you, you beat win. them easier, huh. you know? And it's, but, it's, but it'll be a one-shot. But that's what I'm saying. That, that's what's neat about the game, though, is that the, it really does randomize these monsters. A lot of these adventure games come with like, oh, we've got orcs and goblins and skeletons, and we even included a minotaur, you know? Right. This is not like that at all. This has so many different varieties, potentially, that can come out at any time. And like I said, the you truly kind of fear for it. I mean, like... A lot of these adventure games, you walk into like some sort of next room and you're like, well, we're still low level. So what's going to happen? An extra goblin's going to be here. No, you could go into that layer and get absolutely demolished. <laughs> so. So what? Would you just want to keep going to towns and try and build up or can you even build up if you haven't like gone and. Towns are, like I said, towns are random. So sometimes they heal you. Sometimes they make potions. Sometimes they, I mean, they do random stuff, but they only do one of those things. Hmm. And there's only one type of town that lets, that'll sell you gear. And it doesn't even sell you gear. It's sort of like, uh, I guess, yeah, it does sort of sell you gear. It lets you <laughs> trade out gear is what it is. Okay. So you can say, I'm going to spend this much money and trade out this item for whatever else they have to sell. It's kind of how it works. Yeah. So how long did the game take? It's a fairly long game surprisingly you're moving just like a few of these little hexes and going into these battles and before you know it like a couple hours has passed you know okay and i didn't win well that <laughs> sounds good <laughs> <laughs> but i'm saying that, that what's fun about this is that i i was looking for a lot of that generic fantasy stuff and i, I really kind of dragged my heels on playing this because i, I was afraid of how the game would feel just because I'm so used to these high production values of, of like cool mini or not, or, or fantasy flight. These guys who have tons of figurines and all this really cool, you know, terrain and, and all these parts and pieces and right. character sheets and all this stuff. And I kind of dragged my heels on this because of the abstractness to it. But once you start playing this game, it feels just as rich as any of those games. Hmm. There's no, there's no real difference. And if you're willing to put in the time, I think that, you know, you'll find that a pretty good adventure awaits inside the, the Shadows of Malice box. Okay. Okay? We'll have to play together sometime. That might push three hours. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only game that got played, isn't it? Did you play anything? I didn't. I, I have not been getting lunches at work. Really? <laughs> and uh, I changed positions and changed right. places and... All that kind of craziness. So Jeez. I know my lunchtime buddy is at a different location now, so right. I won't get to see her. Yeah, but you work with Skylar again now. Yeah, but we don't get lunch at the same time. But you could manage that. I don't think so. Once you get a couple people hired, Skylar could be your new lunchtime buddy. Maybe. 
he'd play with you. He's going to be gone for like a month. Right. On paternity leave. Because that baby's due. That baby's due. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if, if you don't have anything to talk about right now, you know what we nothing. need to do? We need to look towards tomorrow. Okay. Steady your senses, listeners, as the clocks begin to spin forward, leaving your board game room behind and getting a glimpse into the cardboard of tomorrow. Boom. Sonic. Right. <laughs> so cardboard of tomorrow, Nicole, what do you got to talk about? Oh, me first? Yeah, because I just talked about Shadows of Malice for how long? Ten minutes? Okay, so yeah. on my measly little <laughs> tiny break I actually got today, right. I got online and I found one that looks kind of interesting. And I'm actually, I didn't look to see when this actually came out, so I'm hoping that it's actually a new game and not something that was just out of stock. Uh-oh. It's called Role Player. Oh. It... <laughs> what? what is that one like? Um, oh, my phone doesn't like to work. You have to create a character that will go on a that will embark on an epic quest. Right. Uh, you roll and draft dice to build up your character's attributes. Um, you're going to purchase weapons and armor for them, and you're going to train to gain skills. And basically, it sounds like the whole plot of the game is just to build a character. Hmm. And if your character is the coolest, power most powerful, then you win. Is it? Is it? subjective or is it objective i don't know like like is there is there like a rule set that says whether you're the best character or not or is it just people vote on whether you're the best character or not i don't know i didn't get to play it because it's not out yet <laughs> and i didn't get to there was i mean it was very little description about it but that's not what it what it sounded like by the description is kind of the role player like character builder equivalent of what millennium blades is for trading card for collectible card games it sounded kind of like a meta okay. kind of thing so I mean, i'd be willing to play that yeah already i mean because the part i always hate about D D is the developing developing the character yeah because i don't feel like there's any i mean there's a point but in the end really aren't they all kind of the same you're gonna go on the adventure and mm. yippee dip whatever it depends on what your commitment level is whatever you can make something i think in all role-playing games you can make something very unique as long as you're willing to sacrifice like punching power. Right. You can always but make something care. more interesting. Yeah. So still, in the end, you're all going to go on the same adventure, except, ooh, I get to use spells and you get to use an axe. I know, but you're like a guy who speaks gibberish and yells the third word of every sentence. What? <laughs> that could be your character. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not going to do that. That sounds awful. It sounds funny. But if there's some <laughs> sort of like reward for yeah. having the best character, That's I'm in. Fun. Yeah. That's what this sounded like to me. It sounded kind of interesting. I well, don't... And, and just... And it's like one to four players, though. So it's one player <laughs> potential? Just just to... Because you brought it up. Because you brought up Millennium Blades. I just want to let the listeners know. Yes, I backed the reprint that includes the... Uh, <laughs> includes the next expansion and a bunch of boosters. So just, just to let you know that I do like that game that much. Yes. Sounds fun, though. Role it play. Is, yeah. It's called Role Player. Right. But Role is R-O-L-L. Oh, so there's dice so involved. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Okay. There's dice. I don't know. Sounded kind of cool. Cool. That's all. That's what I got. Great. I 
saw that a Kickstarter came and went, and I didn't notice it then, but I noticed it now. And that is in May, there was a Kickstarter for a game called World Championship Russian Roulette. That sounds awful. This sounds, no, it sounds a little... Russian Roulette? Yes. Do you know what that is? Of course I do. You put a ball in a wheel and you guess an... (laughs) That sounds awful. (laughs) No, it sounds a lot like Cash and Guns. But maybe it's a little different. Maybe it's like a slightly tweaked or maybe a little more interesting one. In this game, you do, you are at the championship of Russian roulette. Okay. So you are at a championship. And for those of you who don't know, Russian roulette is a game that you play with a loaded pistol. It's not a game. It's a torture device. Okay. But torture system. (laughs) If you want to see this in celluloid, you can watch Deer Hunter uh, if you just want to just know what it is. This is a game where you have a revolver and you, everybody knows that a revolver has a, a cylinder that pops out to the side and you load six bullets, usually into a revolver and you put them, you slap it back into the actual, you know, pistol itself proper and it locks in place. And when you pull a trigger, it revolves and brings the next loaded bullet up, you know? Uh huh. Well, in Russian roulette, you remove all the bullets except for one and you spin the actual drum, the, the cylinder, and then you sort of just flick your wrist to get it to go back into the gun and lock in place, sort of effectively randomizing where the bullet is. Right. And then you're supposed to, without looking, put the gun up to your head and pull the trigger. Please do not ever do that at home, not even <laughs> as a game. No. Okay. That sounds really responsible. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This Did it a, get back? It, this is a mature... Yes, it's a mature game. Obviously. Okay, now in this, you're at the world championship of this game. And you're on a team of four people. You're the team captain, and you have three people playing with you. Okay? How did you make a team of four people? They're very crazy people. <laughs> I, 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 Everybody plays a team of four people. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> now, each turn... Starts with uh, you actually taking one of your gun cards. Now you have a little stack of cards, and there's they're gun cards. Most all most of them are misses, like five misses. One of them's a bullet. Yeah. You take one of those gun cards and you put it underneath your your team captain card, as is, as if you're putting one of your gun cards into your quote pocket. Okay. Right. Now after this, you start bidding with people. You shuffle up the rest of your cards and you start bidding. With people, I think I can pull my trigger this many times. And you bid how many you're going to do. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now, when you st- when it's your turn, you'll start like y- as you go around the table, you'll be flipping cards over to see if you can pull the trigger that many times. If you don't blast and don't blow your brains out, oh. <laughs> then you score as many points as you bid that you would pull the trigger. You score that many points, and the point of the game is to score 15 points. If you score 15 points, you win the game. Now, there's a little more to it, okay? Because you can actually put your bullet card in your pocket. Okay. And say, and, and start going through this. Now, obviously, you'll be a lot more brash and maybe more, more brave about how many times you're going to pull your trigger if your bullet's not in there. Now, right. someone else can call you on that. And if they successfully call you, you, uh, they'll, they'll, they shoot you in the head. That's awful. <laughs> okay. So let me just say, 
<clears throat> there is a benefit to one of your teammates dying. <laughs> if your teammate dies, let's say that you said, I can pull my trigger three times and you pull it twice and you blow your brains out, okay? <laughs> your teammate is dead and you flip his card over to, the, to this blood splatter side with a, I think it's like a hole is through Is it a splatter a, or is it a spatter at that point? I think it's, I don't know. It's probably a splatter. <laughs> I just cook. But the, uh, you, you turn it over to that side and your team will receive an action card. Now these action cards sort of break the rules of the game. They allow, they're the, they're the strategic part of this instead of just the luck part. Okay. So now you're like, it's, it'll tell you something like you get to look through the top three cards of your shoot pile, you know, your trigger pile and you can, before bluffing, you know, or mm -hmm. after bluffing, you can use an action card to point your gun at a different player. <laughs> okay. Sounds ridiculous. Now, if you get caught, obviously, like if you get caught, like you put your bullet in your pocket and you don't actually load your gun, and somebody calls you out on it, they get to blow your brains out, and then they get, then you put, you give all the other players one action card. They get an action card for you being called out. Or no, I think the other player who called you out gets three. Okay. Uh huh. The if you don't get, or like, uh, let's say that they try to catch you and you didn't cheat. You get an action card, and they get an extra bullet into their gun. Oh. Which gives you a better chance that they're going to try to hide a bullet in their pocket. And if they do, obviously you can call them out and blow their brains. <laughs> that sounds really weird. But I thought this, I thought it was, a, you know, okay, this is, this is the truth. Okay, this is for adults. Obviously. And this is a game that if I had, I'm not even, I'm not even going to joke around, that if I had a bunch of adult men over... They would totally be down with this game every time. Yeah. Every single time. As ridiculous as it is, they'd be like, all right, let's do it. You know? So is this one we're going to take to Thanksgiving one year? Yes. Make your mom play? And I'll be like, put your gun down, woman. <laughs> She'll be like, okay. okay. <laughs> and you're like, no, no, pick it back up. Seriously. <laughs> no, no, I was playing with you, mother. You, can, you're gonna, you don't have to bow out. I thought you were telling me I had to. I was trying to threaten you, too. <laughs> All right, so there the you go. The good news is Fred has a very good relationship with his mom. She's awesome. Right. <laughs> All right, well, that's uh, two cardboards of tomorrow. There you go. Mm -hmm. How about that? Now, Nicole, we have been, we've been in the current five for five for a little bit. It's been a rough, yeah, we've been busy. I think we've played most of the hard ones. Did we? Let's oh. find out if we played one of the hard ones this week. Uh. Go through it again and make sure we got it. Count us off, Bill. One, two, three, four. Five. This is a five for five update. Five. All right. Lahav was one of the hard ones. Lahav <laughs> to get through inland port. Yes. This is the small version of the bigger game, Lahav, which we own and have never played. Yeah. I played it's on the stack of shame. a practice game of this and said, wow, I better get back. I better come back to that because it was I didn't quite get a chance to get through the whole thing. Right. Now, Lahav Inland Port. Two player. Two player only. Yep. And this comes in a very small box. It's it's one of those little eight, you know, eight it's by that, eight or ten by ten boxes or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the they traditional are. square size <laughs> right. two player game size. Right. And this game, Lahav is a city. It's a real city. And I I mean I, I just call it Lahav. I don't know if that's how you spell it, if you, how you say it or not. You're Frenchy. 
No, I'm Le just kidding. No, I don't know. I can't do it. Okay. It, it, we're just going to call it Le Havre. You did French stuff, didn't you? Mm, un oh. peu. Ugh. Je m'appelle Claude. Oh, For the fee? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> Le Havre, the inland port, this game centers around, two, you have these two warehouses that have a grid on them. And the grid goes up by threes, like increments of three on the left-hand side. Uh -huh. And the underside, the bottom part, goes up in single digits, right? right. Uh, you have four commodities that travel around this grid. You have a Clay. little fish one, you have a little grain one, you have a brick one, and clay. You, is it clay? It's clay. And you have a wood. Wood. So you have those four different commodities in this game. Now, this this what's basically is going to happen is that is you're going to be buying buildings and using these buildings to make these little cubes travel around these to equal different values of each good, and then spend these goods to purchase more buildings. And buildings will give you victory points. And they have ways of, you know... They give you money. Money is victory points. Right. In the end. Right. They equal money, but I don't know. Because <laughs> you're supposed it's, to be yeah. getting rich. Right. It's supposed to be you trading, trading your goods for a monetary property. Right. You know? But it, you have to use the... Like, you never... Well, I guess you do sometimes use money to build the buildings, but usually you're using the goods to build the buildings. Right. Now, the... Uh, when you're when you're playing this game, this is this is something interesting. Okay, so in addition to your little warehouse building, you've got this unique pointer. This this it looks like a spinner. Like when I opened the box and I put this together, we both had these little clock face typed spinners, and they had six spaces on each board. And I felt like, oh, I was supposed to flip this, you know? Right. But you're not. No. It has nothing to do with flipping it. It is just a turn counter. And it, and when you turn it, like at the end of the, at the end of the pointer, these things are almost the size of the box. They're, they're probably, you know, six by six little pointer. And whenever you, whenever you, whenever it's pointing towards a division between two little segments, it'll tell you at the very end of the pointer, what turn it is, like what letter it is. And that's what buildings are going to be available this turn. Because, a, B, right. C, et cetera. Because you have A, B, C, E, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. That's how many and turns. And then it stops. The game ends right there. <laughs> uh, and every turn, you'll get more buildings out. And, you know, in A's, you could get four building. B, five. Five. And then B, you get two three. or three or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, it changes. I paid attention. <laughs> wow. Great job. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Go me. <laughs> uh, but you, uh, you get all these kind of, you know, these buildings that come out. And all these buildings do different things. Sometimes they move the red bricks up three spaces. Sometimes, you know, they move a uh, yellow one diagonally up, you know, sometimes it moves diagonally backwards, sometimes forward, to sometimes straight up. Sometimes it allows you to sell goods by moving cubes up and around this. So you really are, it's just buildings are supporting your grid. And so this pointer will point to where, where you're at, what buildings come out. It's going to tell you how many turns are in this round. Now, these turns are not split up evenly. They are never, they're always an odd number. And it's always like, uh, it always tells you like, who's the first player. So whoever's little digit is glowing on their spinner is going to be the first player that turn. And you're going it's not actually glowing. Well, it has like a little glow, That's golden highlighted. glow around it. That's different. If it was glowing, it'd be like iridescent. There was an LED. There's no the LED. No, okay, don't, there's don't, not, there's no. Not, okay. <laughs> okay, back to reality. Okay. It's highlighted. Right. And you go back and forth. So every turn plays in, you know, 
you know, out of out of sync with each other. So I'll get a turn like on the first turn. Nicole gets one turn on the first uh, on the first turn, and then I get a second turn on the first turn. Then we start round B, right? Or round yeah B. Uh huh. So and you go through it like that. And now, then on B, I would get a turn. You would get a turn. I would get a turn. And then C, right? There's three again. And another thing that happens is during the game, those rounds keep going up. Right. And you start with only three turns, and I think that is that is the first four, it's three like or four. three or four rounds, and, and then, then it go goes to, to five, five, and then it goes to seven, then to nine. Right. And nine so, is the most turns that ever happen in any one round. Right. Which means that one person's going to have five turns in that round, the other person's going to have four. Right. Uh, so then, you're, this is what's kind of weird about it, too. Okay, so then when you go into the pointer, you go down to the to the middle part of it, and there's like a little round part in the middle... And it has it segmented in six little segments as well, right? Yeah, it corresponds a, to right. the little pie pieces right. of the spinner. And those board. those pieces are they've got a zero, a two, a three, a four, and a four with a dollar. Is and that then, right? Yeah, and, and then, 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 a, then like an, an exclamation X. point. Oh yeah, exclamation point. Okay. So if it's at, if you have a building that's when you buy a building with your goods, you put it in that zero space. A right. zero space building. So you're going to be putting all your buildings on this little... Just in know, the immediate right, basically. Yeah, this little split up. To the clock side side of the spinner pointer. Right. Now, it, if it's in that zero segment, it means you can't use that building this turn, or it means that it's already been used. Right. But it also tracks actions that have been used during the turns, or turns that have been used. So at, when, you're, when you're trying to figure out, you know, it helps you remind, remind you how many turns have been used because you're like, oh, I have three turns. I have two buildings in my zero spot. You have one. Three turns have been taken. Right. Okay. So the next thing it'll show is like in the, in the two section. If a building exists in the two section, it means that you can use that action to an effect of two. So, for instance, if it says you're going to move your red brick to the right, you would move it two spaces to the Right. Right. Uh, sometimes it says, if it said something like sell a, you know, sell or get $4 for moving your brown cube down. If it says that you can, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So you can, if if it says that and it's sitting in the two space, you can do that twice. You can sell to like the brown, move the brown cube down twice and actually get $8 total. You can do a deuce with the brown cube. Right. You can deuce it. Sorry. (laughs) Deuce is a kiss song. Oh Lord. Not that (laughs) again. (laughs) Um, so, and then, of course, three makes it more, and four makes it more, and four plus one gives you a dollar, plus lets you take four action on that. If it hits the exclamation point, so if that little spinner goes all the way around, and you haven't used that building, because when you use one of those buildings to that action, you move it to the zero space, like I said. Right, because so it's it goes, then been used and cannot be used again this, this round. Right. If it goes all the way around to the exclamation point, so let's say at the end of a turn, you always, tr- you always spin your spinner one more space around the clock face, you know, around the face of it. If you go to the next segment and you have a building that exists in that exclamation point, you have to sell it. Right. Immediately for half its actual posted value on it. So you're going to lose money and money right. is how you win. Right. So you don't want to do that. Right. So now because this is this game this game plays out like this every single time. There's no variance to it. The same buildings come out. You're going to you know have whoever starts is going to get, you know, two turns first and not one turn second and you know, you just kind of go through this whole thing and the same buildings are going to come out. There's no variant. There's no shuffling anything. This game is as it is every single time you play it. Right. Okay. So in 12 rounds, we we played this five times and we came up with 
fairly different scores, I think, most times. And we only got, I think, a couple of blowout ones. You had a blowout. No, you did too. What was my high score? 242. You had the highest score any of us ever scored. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> you and your sass. It's unbelievable. I get sassy. <laughs> you, you blew me out of the water so bad that game. It was dumb. But I didn't win. Well. I only won two of the five games. I know. I know. It was tied, though, because you won one, and then I won one, where mm-hmm. I totally blew you out of the water. Right. and then you won another one. And then I won another one, and then you won one. Right. And then we were tied, and it was exciting. Right. And then we played it way too late last night right. for as long a day as I'd had. Right. I woke you up after you had fallen asleep watching a YouTube clip on the television, and I was like, come on, we got to play that game. It was, no, I, it was I, during the horror movie that I fell asleep. Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> well... Right in the middle of the, yeah, at the very end of that movie, I woke you up and I was like, let's go. We got to play that game. And you're like, what? And I got you. I said, slap yourself in the face a couple of times. And you did. <laughs> <laughs> and we went in there and played. So I got you when you were tired. Sort of I like you got tired. me when I played five games in a row with Pixel Tactics. That's your own fault. <laughs> I, I told you I was going to be too tired. You knew it was a long day. Oh, I know. So. I know. Anyhow, yeah, so I, I lost. I know, I, that, that's how I beat you so bad the last game. Yeah. 218 to 239. Yeah. So it was like a 21-point difference. It was pretty bad. Right. Most of the time it wasn't that bad, but yeah, we always seem to... Yeah, it's not usually that much of a swing. It's pretty close. Right. We consistently scored over 200 points. And what we found is that when you play this game, you have basically two paths that you're going to go down that you can exploit. You can either exploit food, which is that fish and that grain... And, and all the buildings that are associated with it, or you exploit the wood and clay and try to get all the buildings that you are associated with that. You kind of mix it up, but it's hard. Right. You don't do much. Well, and here's what's weird. We didn't do this a whole lot, mm-hmm. um, but like if I purchase a building and it's on my board, you can still use my building. You have to pay me a dollar mm-hmm. and then you can use my building. Actually, we, we the first couple of games, we didn't do that at all. Yeah. And then after that, we really started doing that a lot more. We didn't do it at all the last game either, like a couple times. I had my, I I had my game tired. just locked down over there. Yeah. I didn't need you. Knew you knew what you were doing. You didn't need me. I didn't Aww. need your buildings. <laughs> Keep them. Thanks. I'm not shopping at your store anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, though. I mean, I don't know. Anyhow. Right. I mean, but once again, it's another one of these point games. And so it, it starts off really easy and the decisions are very light and there's not that much to it. You every, every turn, you're either activating a building or you're buying a building. You either have the resources to do something and make more points or you don't. Right. Uh, at the end of the game, by the way, money is worth money or points as well. You do have coin money. Well, there you, is no points. It's all money. Right. The only points you score are money. Right. So if you Either have your just building money is on the worth table. the money or your money is worth money. Right. So if you have money on the table, that's worth points. Right. So that that that's it's valuable. But I mean that's that's all you do. You either activate or buy. Yeah. That's all there is to it. But as all of these point games like this, where there's where the goal is points, it gets very mathy. About and and, it, and every time we played this game, the mathiness moved out another turn, like another like full round. Yeah. And we would just like the last game, like the first game, we didn't math anything out, and we just finished the game and said, "Oh look, Fred just barely won." And then the next game, we I didn't really math anything out; I was too tired. And you mathed it out like crazy and beat me two forty two to like twelve. I didn't math it; I just got lucky. No, you mathed out the last couple of okay, turns. Okay, a little I saw bit. You. 
by the last game, we were mathing out like the last four full turns. We were really going, how many points am I getting for this? How much is this investment worth? Is it going to yeah. affect me in a little bit? And we started knowing those buildings and stuff. And so the game got a little more dense, but I wouldn't say more pleasurable. Yeah. And I think like, okay, so first, first things first, let me just tell you, I, I, this is what I like about it. This game is, is, it gives you a nice big box game feeling like, you know, after you play it, as far as like how your brain feels, if you're going to play one of these pointy, you know, point counting games that are just, you know, back and forth pushing cubes around, this is a just, that is exactly what this game is. It is a cube pusher game. Right. This is you're pushing a little cubes around a grid and getting points and gaining more resources and gaining more buildings. And that's all you're doing this whole game. And you're just doing it with the same buildings every single time. So it does feel, it does give you that full board game experience. I mean, they don't have to print this in this small form to have this feel like a real game. You know? No, but I kind of like this size box for the two-player games. Right. But I don't feel like my experience was really that abbreviated. No. Especially not the first time we played, because <clears throat> it took us a while right. to really wrap our heads around what was going on. And I, I think that also, for me... I think that spinner gave it a very unique feel. Yeah, that was that was incredibly cool. Like, and, and the thing that I think you failed to mention too about those spin, there are two spinner boards. Right. The first one has A through, what is it? F or something. F, like A B C D E F. Yeah, A through F. The other board has G through L. Right. H I J K L. Yeah, I had to think about it. Um, so. <laughs> My board in front of me may, may be the one that has A on it. Well, the only thing that that indicates is that when the the, the spinner is on A, the A is highlighted. Right. So I know that this one, since it's highlighted, it's my turn. Right. Whereas Fred will have, uh, what letter did I say? G? Your, right. Your pointer will be hit, you know, aimed at G. We're not on turn G. We know that because we just started the game. Right. But your G is not highlighted. Right. So you know that you're not the one that got the the first turn right and then you both turn them well now i'm on b and mine is not highlighted whereas you're on h, h and it is highlighted right and so. it keeps you both on track and then once you get around a full time then the other person is on the accurate letter right but those highlights still follow through right that counter That's really really genius right i think that counter really changes everything i think that that that's one of the best parts of this game absolutely that little spinner thing it was so unique yeah. As far as that goes. Keeping track of turns, keeping track of who goes first, everything everything about it was just really supported the experience. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. <laughs> what else do you like about this? Um, I mean, it was nice component-wise. They give you a choice on the in our version anyway. I don't know if it's in all of them. But uh, you can choose between using cubes right. to keep track or mm -hmm. they had little uh, cardboard chits, little tiny Yeah, the bits. chits actually had like a little had icon. A little fish or a little yeah. grain, little bread you know right um we chose to go with the little cubes right i'm a cube fan right i don't know why we like the woods yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of nice so uh i mean what, the quality was really right really good it was decent quality mm -hmm. i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's nothing in the box is going to knock your socks off uh, component wise but it, it's the it's, spinner does it it's works like pretty really well awesome well yeah the, i Very mean well done the spinner is just a great idea well, and it's it, it was put together well, too. I mean, it comes with all the little pieces. You have to put the little spinner together. Right. 
but it spins well enough that you're not like, it's not getting stuck, but it doesn't spin so well that you barely knock your board and it flies or something. Right. It's just done well. I liked right. it. What else you like? Anything? I don't know. All right. I'm going to go to dislikes. Okay. Here's what, here's my first dislike and you can fill in after my first one. Hmm. I know what yours is going to be because it's going to be mine too, I'm sure. It needs more random elements. Yes. It needs something that makes this game not the same chess match every single game. Yeah. Because that's what we did, is play Lahav Inland Port, the chess game, and five times. I don't times. like chess. We know this about me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it needs variety. Because once you... I mean, I, math is fine, but... Eh. Well, no, what's funny is the same company, Z-Man Games, has put out... Two expansions for the All Creatures Big and Small yeah. game, which is another Uwe Rosenberg game, and it's it, they've got two expansions. I don't think they needed an expansion near as bad as this one does. This one does need an expansion. It's and and, and we there's found... not one out there. Did you look? No, there's no, nothing I didn't else. Look. There's okay. nothing else. <laughs> um, I think I think it just it's dying for an expansion. Yeah. Because, it, like I said, there's 100% component usage. Almost no one does that in modern design. No one does that. There's something that's got to be randomized or be a variant or something. But there's nothing in that box. Yeah, it's, you it, get it is literally that game and every 100% is potentially, used. There is the potential to play the exact same game multiple times. Right. Because... On that first round, you've got, yes, you've got five different buildings that you can choose from right. and you only get three turns. Uh-huh. But mathing it out, two of them, you can't buy two of them together. Right. Because one of them uses too much wood, so mm-hmm. you can't you can't get these two. On another one, you can't do the two that are, that ask for money because you don't start with enough. Right. And, so and it's and very honestly, limited on, on the variety. The danger of this type of design, where there's no variables... And everything is very controllable. Is that if you were if you were playing a big enough jerk, <laughs> they could actually math one hundred percent math the thing out and and have the same game every time and play to you know a draw or play to the exact same result. Right. You know, I mean, there's a little bit of variable. The only real variable you get in this game, the only thing that stops it from being exactly the same is other people saying, I give you a dollar and I use your building. Yeah, because you cannot control that. Right. That's the one part of the game you cannot control. Right. You know, you can control having the right stuff when every building comes out and having your turn come up right when you need it and buying the right building. And you could math problem that all the way to the end. But what you can't do is math problem how people are going to spend money on your buildings. That's the only variable. Yeah. So it needs more buildings. It needs tons more buildings. I'd you know? settle for the equivalent of what it has right. and then randomize from there even. Right. If they doubled the base set buildings and you shuffle them and draw a random five uh-huh. and they were all different. Five random A buildings, three random B buildings. It would change this game dramatically. Yeah. It would help. It's dying for it. I thought the look of the game itself overall was fairly drab to me. It's not real bright, but... There's just nothing that pops or makes me... I never found myself really, you know, regarding some sort of... Or like, you know, really caught, you know, spending any amount of time looking at any pieces. The spitter boards are cute. Eh. 
They're okay. They're fine. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't overwhelming, but whatever. So nothing in this game is going to really make you go, but it's oh, nothing wow, that makes I me go, cards. gosh, I, I hate playing right. that piece that's right. gross, you know? Lastly, I'll say this. What? I don't feel like I'm shipping goods and tr- and doing all this stuff. Yeah, no, I didn't get that I'm at all. managing a warehouse is what I'm supposed to be doing. No, I'm pushing a grid of chips, colored little chips around and trying to get building, get yeah. these building things that they say are buildings. I call them buildings, but really they're just points. I'm like, how many of this and that do I have to spend to get that many points is right. all I'm thinking. And the money is just points to me. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, the theme just dies. It's dead in the water. Yeah, there's theme. no theme, really. <laughs> no. That being said, that spinner is really well designed. And oh, the, absolutely. And the game's not a bad, it's not a bad design. It just needs a little more variety. And I think if you just played it once on a blue moon anyway, it'd be okay. Right. But I we... found this to be another one of these games that you, you're not supposed to play five times in one week. No. On the fifth time, you're like going, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I should be playing something better. <laughs> anyway, so what would you, you rate it? Well, I rated oh, it. Oh, I asked you first, huh? Okay, I rated it a three out of five. Yeah, I agree. It's fine. I don't feel like I have to get rid of it. I don't I, I don't have like a really negative feeling about it. I would be willing to play it with someone new. Is that? Yeah, but teaching them would be kind of a pain. Right. I mean, it's a little hard one on the teaching. If, if I got to play with, but see, the thing is about playing with someone new is I'm afraid I would demolish them because I do know what's coming up. True. I don't. I don't think they would have a chance. Right. Like I just think it'd be. But Fred I'd, I'd likes probably, to win. I'd, I do. I'd probably. <laughs> cra- <laughs> I'd probably crack two fifty if I if I played. Let's say math. I wonder if that's mathy possible. <laughs> I'll let you figure that out. I don't want to do it. Oh, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm not going <laughs> to take the time to math that out. Forget that. What'd you rate it? Three. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I would if you asked me, hey, do you want to play this? I'd be like, sure. I think not I, tonight. I think that it has a potential of you know. I mean, if they added double the buildings and maybe one more element, like let's say individual trading powers or characters or something, you could potentially have a four game here. Yeah. Potential. Yeah. But I think thematically, I don't think they're going to be able to do anything to fix the theme in this game. It just You know, not every game like has anything. to have a perfect theme, though. Right, right. But so. the game itself is fun. It and is I fun. think that it just needs a little more backing behind yep. it. I think so, too. So there you go. All That's right. our five for five. We still have Lord of the Rings, The Confrontation. Uh-huh. And we're still doing, we're going to do a five game of Tides of Time, even though I've played it seven times. That's not my fault. <laughs> you decided to do that. Gee, I wonder who's going to win that what one. What if I bring Travis on the show and he and I talk about this? Our five for, no, I'm just oh kidding. my goodness. I've been replaced. <laughs> No. <laughs> Here's your walking papers, Nicole. Bring it in, Travis. <laughs> no. Now, Nicole, mm-hmm. enough of five for five. Okay. Let's move on. Because this week, we played an epic adventure game in a box, so let's find out what about that. All these games have been All right, Nicole. Now, the last couple of what about that's have been really historical and information filled. And so this week I decided that we should do, or actually we decided that we should do another movie list. We like movies. Right. If you don't like movies, well, you're you just can just weird. You move on. <laughs> oh, okay. I like movie yours is, on. Yours is better. Mine's kind of mean. <laughs> right. So now we present to you our top five fantasy adventure movie list. Now, just to be clear 
this is the swords and sorcery uh, version of this. So let's get to our number five, Nicole. I think I removed all my notes from yours, right? Huh? I don't have yours. <laughs> Good. Good. No, I was getting I on my phone. hidden from you. I don't want you cheating off my notes. See, I think I have to change one of mine. Though. What do you got? Oh, I know, because I said I said Harry Potter at the yeah. top of the podcast. You know what? Here's the thing, though. I, I wouldn't put Harry Potter on my list because <laughs> I... they there's What was the adventure? They didn't go on an adventure. I wouldn't put it on there because it's modern era, but... It doesn't matter about that. I don't okay, care about that. Fine. I'm saying they did not actually go on an adventure. Their parents stuck them on a train, right. and they went to Hogwarts. Right. What? I, I can know. take a train. Hermione goes to detention, and the adventure happens. Yeah, no. See? So there you go. Okay, so I guess my number five then would be Princess Bride. Ridiculous. Inconceivable. That's ridiculous. Now, what we got here is we got another kissing scene, and you don't want anything to do with that, do you? <laughs> Maybe we can have it just this once, Grandpa? Okay. All right. We'll do the kissing scene. <laughs> right? I love that movie. It's really good. And I love Columbo. He creeps me out a little bit. Come on, Nicole. The thing I noticed as I was getting ready to leave here is that you had your iPhone in your hand the whole time. <laughs> That's Columbo. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right. What's your number five? Princess Bride's a very solid movie. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was yours too. <laughs> no, my number five is Dragon Slayer. Dragon Slayer or Dear Dragon's man. Lair? Dragon Slayer. Wasn't that like Sean Connery? Like the band Slayer? <clears throat> no, it was not. It was not. This movie, I, I don't even remember. That's what's <laughs> so weird. It was like no names at the that time guy. for me. But here's the deal. This was like, this was a movie that came out in like the mid 80s. And it sort of caught me off guard because it was very gritty. You know, very gritty. Like in, in the vein of like, uh, do you remember the game or not the movie Excalibur? Yeah. How, how they had this real like kind of, I don't know, just sword, dirty kind of take on King Arthur and the stories. You know, it wasn't this gleaming armor kind of thing. It was this kind of vile feeling, you know. So you like gross movies. Well, I'm just going to say, <laughs> Dragon Slayer was this real gritty movie. It was about a dragon terrorizing this village, and, and this village was basically giving a sacrificed woman every so often to appease this dragon to stop it from attacking the village. You know, if a dragon came out of its hole and there was something to eat, dragon ate, got full, went back down into his hole and went to sleep. And this this wizard apprentice, there is a wizard in it, decides he's going to get rid of the dragon. And I mean, there's really cool stuff. Like, for instance, uh, they, they just delve into some weird stuff. Like, here's like an instance of, of something cool that happens in it. And like I said, this is very gritty. It's all practical effects. So there's no love practical effects. No, no, you know, ridiculous computer. There's no sci-fi channel look to this. Okay, it uh -huh. looks really cool. And uh, at one point, he finds out that dragons shed their scales, and he actually, the the girl he's helping, that's supposed to be the next sacrifice, gathers some of these scales for him because they're fire resistant and builds him a shield right. to go take on the dragon. I remember that. Do you remember this movie now? Yeah. I I really like that movie. You know what? What? I'm surprised you didn't call me out. Why? There's no dragon in The Princess Bride. What does that matter? I said earlier, dragons. There, Well, there's creatures, though. What? The rats of unusual size? <laughs> the rodents of unusual size. Rodents, sorry. Hmm. <clears throat> right. Okay. Okay, that's my number five. Dragon Slayer. Pick it up if you just want something that's... 
I don't know. I, I just think it has a unique feel. In this genre, it's not hokey. It doesn't feel like schlocky like Willow. Willow. It, it treats the subject matter very respectfully it, without going too, too slapsticky. Okay, hmm. nobody gets turned into a goat. <laughs> That's a Willow thing. Okay. Okay? Does Willow on your list? I don't know, is it? Ooh. What's your number four? Never-ending story. <laughs> oh and there is a dragon God. in that. I don't know. Was, I think was, was Jack Black in the third one? He I think he was in was, the third one. Yeah. He was a bully in the third movie. Yeah. <laughs> Back before he was anybody. <laughs> That's really funny. Yep. That's our second Jack Black <laughs> reference this episode. I know. Very weird. Dio, it's time to go. <laughs> you must give your cape and scepter to me and a smaller one for KG. There you go. <laughs> no, so, I, already, I always liked Never Ending Story, though, but I always wanted to like get the book and read it. Right. But I never did. Because I kind of was mildly creeped out by the thought of right. it actually being true. I like this. Is, somebody this is, was watching me. Here's what's funny. Here's the sell on Never Ending Story for me. What? Okay, that movie. I, I watched it and I'm like, this is so ridiculous. And whenever they would cut back to the kid in modern time, Sebastian. Yeah, when they would cut to Sebastian. Was it, it Sebastian I, or just Bastion? Bastion, I think. Whatever. But anyways, Bastion. When we when they cut back to him and he's he's having this real emotional feelings is when you actually sort of bought in, and the fact that it's somewhat of a tragedy is why it validates itself for me. Well, it's not very tragic. Spoilers in the end. It's kind of tragic. Wow. It's a, it's I would say it's it's mostly a tragedy. I think there's a little mild redemption at the end just to kind of just cuz they wanted to keep kids, kids on movie. board. Yeah. But it, it's a tragedy. Okay. And I and that's why that's the only redemption for that in this ridiculous rock creature on a motorcycle. <laughs> They look like big and the super fast snail guy and oh god, it's so goofy. I know, I love it. It's so goofy, but I will let me just say this: I really think that that dragon dog or luck dragon. What a what a cool puppet! Oh yeah, really fun. Great puppeteering on Uh that, and 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 a great tragedy. I love it. I shouldn't say this out loud, but I'm surprised you didn't really love it because of the the statues. They had like breasts. And <laughs> <laughs> I figured you would what love that. What are you that. doing to Do me you right now? That? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And I always like watch that and went, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Why are they dressed? Put, the, put some clothes on them. What are you doing to me? <laughs> Do you remember that? And then the laser beams come out of their eyes. I, this is, this is what's crazy. so funny. Okay, much to your surprise, I'm not so fixated on breasts that I even <laughs> I even put breast and never ending story together at all. They were there. It was bizarre. I'm obviously, your I breast can, fixation's ne- much higher than mine. Because I thought it was so weird. No, shut up. <laughs> I thought it was so weird. It was a kids' movie, and they didn't cover that up. They would not allow that these days. Seriously, that movie would never pass. Oh god, get over it. That's art. Whatever. <laughs> if a boob is made out of stone, it's officially art. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I declare. What's your number four? My number four is Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Classic. There's no dragons in there, that. This, it's the classic. Yes, there is. It's What's a there? giant. It's an animated dragon that chases him around. But, oh, okay. Uh, anyways, it's probably the most quoted nerd movie of all time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> really. 
And it's really kind of hard to find a fantasy nerd who doesn't like this movie. It's okay. Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I really, I, I really like that movie. It's, it's amazing. I think for me, it got like before I ever saw it, it was mm -hmm. built up too much to the point right. where it could never live up to that hype. Here's what's weird about me. So I saw it when I was 10 years old. I spent the night with Anthony Hendricks. And he showed it to me. And the only two parts I fixated on were the Black Knight getting all of his, you know, getting all his limbs, you know, cut off. Right. It's just a flesh and, wound. Right. And, and the rabbit that could decapitate you with a single nip. Right. You know, those are the two parts. But as you continue watching it and going through, if you watch it like when, when you're older, like when, in your 40s, it's, it's totally, you, you'd laugh at other stuff. You know, yeah. it, it, it can kind of go through those eras. If you if you show it, I mean, honestly, if you have the means, show this to your, you know, fantasy interested child when he's like, you know, 11 or so. And he will, I mean, he'll pass right by all the parts that you think are way too naughty. And the only thing he's going to remember are as the extreme violence and, and think that's hilarious. And later on, <laughs> he'll think that the castle anthrax is like one of the funniest things in the whole world. Okay. You know? Uh-huh. Or specifically, my favorite part of that movie, and nerds listening right now will know this, <laughs> my favorite part of the whole movie is Lancelot charging the castle. Why? Because it's hilarious. They have this, he's charging the castle because he gets this, he, his squire gets shot with an arrow that has a letter of help on it, and he pulls, and he's like, <laughs> it's just like, and he's like, letter for you, sir. <laughs> He pulls it off, and it's like he goes to save this damsel in the castle that he doesn't know is this homosexual kid. Uh -huh. And so he's he's storming off, thinking that he's going to save some lady in distress. And when he starts storming the castle, you see him like running up this hill, and you see these guards like kind of squinting and looking out there and watching. It cut, you know cuts from these guards, kind of shading their eyes and squinting across the field. And you see Lancelot running up this hill, and then it cuts back to the guards, and they kind of move a little bit different and they're still looking kind of weird. And then all of a sudden it shows Lancelot and he's doing the exact same hill. They just keep playing the same footage of him running up the exact same little amount of hill straight towards the camera. And they do it like five times in a row. And then it's just like, boom, he's right on top of him and he's slashing everybody. And he just storms through the castle, murdering everybody. Ridiculous. <laughs> but that little, that, little that little cut for some reason just destroys me when I watch it. Because they keep having this drums, boom, 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 you know? Yeah. And then the guy will be like back there. Boom, 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 boom. What's that? Boom, 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 Oh. It's so funny. Ha And he's like right there. See, I didn't see the movie until much, much later. <laughs> that is so funny. And just built up too much, so man, it's it. okay. I don't dislike it. I like I it, it, but I don't remember enough and don't really, you know, whatever. Oh. So funny. All right. <laughs> Anyways, what's your number three, Nicole? I think I have to move these around a little bit. Um, We're going to go number three, Dark Crystal. Really? Yeah. That's another puppet movie. Another puppet movie, probably, I, I I would say probably the most ambitious Jim Henson thing any of anything he ever did. The most ambitious. Probably. More than Muppet Show, more more than any Muppet movie. Well, yeah, a lot of those creatures were like people on stilts. Right. It was. That's insane. Oh. Running around. That would. That's art, really. Yeah. It's that's so cool. I well, mean, he did a. Well, I can't say. Hold on, it might be on your list. Well, here's the thing. For me, in that movie, mm -hmm. when I watched that, 
at the age I did, which is probably 11 years old, yeah, 100% buy-in. Yeah. I, I didn't care that I was watching puppets, and no. I completely, that idea dissolved immediately, and I just watched a movie full of amazing creatures. The only, just, the that, only one so I cool. didn't like right? was, uh, oh, what's that girl's name? The, the girl that he found, that, and she had that dog thing. I don't know. Oh, it was remember. ugly. It was stupid, and its mouth was just, <laughs> like, floppy. It was terrible. It was like, take, you know, the South Park making fun of Canadians floppy head, and that's what this animal was. It's probably where they got the idea. I don't know. I think know. my favorite character in that whole movie was that weird seer lady. Which, by the way, here's what's funny for you. Okay, yeah. We'll go back to boobs. Okay? Oh, jeez. So she's like, Gelfling, and she's like all crazy. Gelfling, she's almost that's what like, they're called. She's almost like a Yoda character in it. Uh-huh. She's a seer, uh-huh. you know? She could see the future. Her puppet had nipples. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I did. It was made her twice You noticed creepy. it on the disgusting I actually noticed it creepy. as an adult, not as a child. Oh, okay. I, was I, I just say. saw because I was looking up a picture because I was this is so bad. I saw a person and I said, That person reminds me of that person, that thing from Dark Crystal. And I looked it up and I was like, Why does this Dark Crystal thing have nipples? Because when I was looking at a still, that's what I thought. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, my number three. Nipples aside. Tangents. Oh, gosh. My, Sorry. The Princess Bride, my number three. Yeah, okay. I'm just telling you, Columbo reads a fantasy story. That's why you let it pass, story. because it's on your list. Columbo reads uh-huh. a fantasy story, Andre the Giant. My parents dragged me into this. They dragged me to the theater. Well, now, yeah, there's kissing is, parts. You didn't want to see is, that. I know. You didn't want to see that. Now, the, uh, <laughs> they get me to the movie, and this is what's funny, is they're like, um, we, we, we were seeing it at our little fourplex in, in Lee Summit at the time, and... Uh, they were like, you know, I was like, I was like Fred Savage, you know, a princess movie. Come on. <laughs> and, and what's funny is real men was out at the time. And I tried to talk them into seeing real men. Now, they, I knew they weren't going to let me see Hellraiser. Hellraiser was out at the exact same time. <laughs> but real men had John Ritter in it and Jim Belushi. And later on, I saw that movie when it was on cable. I love that movie, too. Yeah, OK. But. I couldn't talk them into letting me see something else. They were like, no, no, we're going to watch this movie. It's supposed to be really good. You're going to love it. And I'm like, it's a princess movie. Seriously, I'm a boy. You know? Yeah. And I walked out of that theater and I loved it. It of was course. so cool. Yeah. You know? Because it's not really a princess it's movie. It's not a princess movie. You know? I don't know if Buttercup deserves anything. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody works really hard for her. Well, that's true. <laughs> Is that why you call me Buttercup sometimes? I don't that, know. You don't think I deserve... Do I say that? Sometimes. It's oh, okay. Stop making me endearing to these listeners. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> Number two, Nicole. Instead of giving me crap most of the time, but anyhow. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to switch these two. Okay, uh, Beastmaster. Really? Yeah. Do you remember the Beastmaster? I do. Beastmaster... Mark Singer. <laughs> here, was the gro- here was the grossest thing about Beastmaster. They had these giant bat creatures... That at, I guess he befriends them eventually, but they the, could they came up they came flying up. They had these these human sized people in the movie. Of course, once again, practical effects, no CG. Oh, they had yeah. these giant back wings, and they would wrap around people, and their head would sink down into their little arms. And behind this disgusting membrane that was kind of quivering, that you would just see like this gross ichor kind of pour out Look. of the bottom of these bat wings. And, uh-huh. and then when they'd open their arms, they'd just be bones. Right. They would dissolve them. Like oh, they some, had some sort so of acid cool. or something they would eat. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was the grossest part of that movie. I loved that movie. Well, no, also what was gross is uh, 
one of the seers, like the eyeball appeared on that uh, on someone's hand, right? And to keep it from being able to see what was going on, they stabbed the hand right through the eyeball. Right. Ugh. It was disgusting. Now, one thing I remember about that movie though is the Beastmaster had a panther, didn't he? Ooh. He also <laughs> uh, had some he had ferrets, ferrets that would chew through ropes for him. Uh huh. <laughs> didn't he They're have a awesome. hawk? Too? Yeah, a hawk uh-huh. that he could see through its and eyes. He did- he did that like hot call. It's like, ah, I can't do it. <laughs> that it was, was better. so great. That's so much better than I could have done. <laughs> so that, that's amazing. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call on you from now on when I need to <laughs> tell a hawk to get out of my yard. That's right. <laughs> it was fantastic. I love that movie. I want to see that movie again. It's been like, like I don't even know how long since I've seen it. I mean, it. I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it holds up. I'm sure it doesn't, and I totally want to see it again. All right. Because right. I'd forgotten about those bat creatures, too. That, oh, my, they're that awesome. Those horrifying. Oh, it was awesome, though. All right. I mean, that's just terrifying. All right, my number two. Conan the Barbarian. Oh, no. This has everything you could want from I a fantasy nev- movie. I never got into it. If you were to distill fantasy adventure down to the very essence of what it takes, out comes Conan the Barbarian. Eh. It is so good. James Earl Jones was like slim and sexy at the time and still sounds you know? like darth vader and and so slim that he turns himself into a snake at some point in that movie he shoots a snake arrow mm-hmm. this should this should seal the deal if, if any of the listeners haven't watched this there's an orgy scene <laughs> this is gonna have to rate this episode no, or won't. something this is ter- okay we're not gonna go into detail about that no and it was only r-rated in the movie in the theater right absolutely r-rated There's i'm saying some... only r-rated right because back in those days if it was too bad it would have been <laughs> nc-17 or something well it is r-rated there's okay. nudity in it see? uh the violence isn't anything more than what you would see on tv today yeah there's a lot of chests no genitalia or anything like that just <laughs> chests and uh conan goes through i mean there's there's you know witches and you know cults and it's just so awesome it that that and Arnold doesn't even make me mad during it. You know, he doesn't even make me go, God, you suck, Arnold. You know, <laughs> he doesn't give me that feeling because he's perfect as a Conan. Conan's yeah. not a, a massively intelligent person. He's sort of a, you know, a common sense kind of guy. Right. And and so when Arnold opens his mouth, you go, eh, he sounds like a common sense sort of guy. I mean, that's the, that's the part he was meant to play, not the governor of California. <laughs> I don't even know if he did a good job or not. Uh, I don't no, live in California. He, he, he so. did terrible. He, they, did he? They have a lot of financial problems after him. Everybody's got a lot of financial problems though right now. Right. That's just how life is I sometimes. found out that's because of Generation X. <laughs> not <laughs> to point. No, Fred, in all fairness, he listened to, what was he? Demographics guy? Yeah, he's a demographic guy. Yeah. So it was like a whole day of it's speeches. It's not because Gen X people are terrible. It's because the it's... birth rates in the United States for Gen X was so low that there's just none of us to really support the economy. Right. You know, that's why we killed healthcare and killed housing. And I mean, we didn't really personally ruin it. Nobody intentionally screwed anything up. It was just things happen. Moving right along. Right. You're number one, Nicole. Um, and it's probably just because I've seen it the most recently. Uh, the last unicorn. (laughs) I love that movie. I did not love that movie. I, I thought it was great. I, I don't know no, why. I'm not on board with that one. Really? Of, of your list, I, I I hate that one. It also had breasts, they, but they were on that <laughs> that Stunning. horrible creature. What was it? What's it called? 
Oh, they, they they had their own harpies in there. Harpies, yes. And their harpies like was were disgusting. Very it was like ugly. a big vultury looking thing. Didn't it have like six boobs or something? It was gross. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't appetizing yeah, okay, or anything. Okay, kids' movies <laughs> in the eighties were way different. <laughs> Just saying. Right. If you, if it was like uh yeah, if it was a mythological creature, why not have matter. boobs on it, you know? Yeah. Because it was like historically accurate to the make believe. I think people are too boob sensitive, anyways. Uh, well, okay, we're not going to go into that. <laughs> Please don't send your hate mail. I could do a whole podcast series about boob sensitivity. <laughs> we're not kidding. doing it on this show, anyhow. Uh, right. Moving right along. All right, number one for me, and this is by so much. I know what it is. Can I guess? Yes. Time Bandits. No. What? It's not fantasy adventure. Time Bandits. No. It's time travel adventure. It's not fantasy adventure. And no. that's why I dis- discounted it. No dragons. It's Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness? Yes. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, I was thinking Evil Dead. I don't know what I was thinking. It's Evil Dead 3. I'm stupid. Army of Darkness. I'm stupid. The entire movie takes place in medieval sort yeah. of fantasy land. You're right. Where there's know. demons. He didn't and go on an adventure, an though. Of, oh, my God. He went to go get the book back and had to fight. He had to shatter a mirror and fought like a ton of his little selves. That oh, is, yeah. Got a, got, he got infected by one of them when it dove in his mouth and he split off himself and made an evil version of himself. <laughs> but that's all fantasy. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you're right. Was there a dragon, though? There was no dragon. Hmm. There was an army of skeletons, though. Okay, I'll, that'll qualify. <clears throat> I'm just going to tell you, this is why Army of Darkness is so important to me. Okay, when Evil Dead 2 came out, okay, I was I watched it on Cinemax. I don't think the the run in the theater was anything anyone cared about. Evil Dead 1 got a lot of acclaim for sound design mostly and for being very low budget. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2 was almost just as low budget except Sam Raimi went back to the drawing board and said, I want to make this crazier in every way and use all these tricks I've learned about how to make movies. Right. And he used a lot of, of like tricks that they would use in, in like a Sinbad movie, you know, one of those old stop motion ones and stuff like that. He would do stuff like or that. Or in Clash of the Titans. Right. <laughs> and so he really, he really went back to it. And, and I remember I finished Evil Dead 2 and I went, I got on the school bus Monday morning. Now I watched it on Cinemax at like 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday night. They'd canceled Headbangers Ball. So, (laughs) anyways, 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday night, I watched this movie. It goes on for an hour and a half. And when it, when it finished, it was so frantic the whole time. And there was so much that happened that I felt exhausted, not because it was one in the morning, but just mentally drained because I was like, oh my God, this is like one of the most intense and action filled and moment filled horror movies that I've ever seen. You watched it by yourself? Yes. In the middle of the night? Yes. Yeah, I couldn't have done that. I, I wasn't, it didn't even bother me. But I was like just stunned. And and I, I finished this movie. And now it just this movie does lead to Evil Dead 3. He does. And just, just I mean, I don't care if I spoil it because you can't spoil Evil Dead 2. Too much happens every five seconds for me to spoil that movie in reality. I mean, there's there's demons, and he ends up traveling through a portal back into back into medieval era. That's what happens. Right. That's that's the basis of Evil Dead too. There's not much storyline there, except there's a ton of things that happened in between there, countless. So when he finishes that, I was just I was stunned at this ending that they start at a cabin in the woods movie, and you end with in this sort of tragedy of this guy trapped back in time, and I just I still love that movie. 
I absolutely adore it. It's my favorite movie of all time. Evil Dead 2, not Army of Darkness. Evil Dead 2. Right. Because of the, that tragic ending, because of that... that I, I, li- I like tragedies. I'm sorry. I just do. But because of that ending, I absolutely adore that movie. As a package, that's my favorite movie ever. Gotcha. Now, I got on the bus to go to school, and I looked over at this this my buddy Dave Bryant, and I was like, I saw the weirdest movie I've ever seen. And he's like, yeah. Like, I don't even know how to describe it to you. I know it was called Evil Dead 2. And he goes, oh, my God, I saw it, too. Did you watch it Saturday night? And I go, yeah. And it was just like, all of a sudden, we have this connection. <laughs> okay? And we, tell, we, we start telling it and evangelizing it to other people. And everyone we show it to, 100%, they don't know about it. Now they do. And now they love it. Right. And now it's not, not that they, they thought it was a pretty good movie. No, they love this movie. Right. That's, that's the reaction I'm getting from teenage boys as I'm going <laughs> through this. Now, by the time Army of Darkness came out... I went to a movie theater with two rows of my friends, like in, like I'm talking over 50 people that I knew that I had evangelized that movie to and went to the opening night of Army of Darkness with me. Insane. And this is the thing. We're in the movie theater and it's in this movie theater closed down. It was called Bannister Six. And it was <laughs> and we're sitting there and the credits start coming on and Sam Raimi's name comes up. The entire audience applauds. Yeah. Bruce Campbell's name comes up. The audience cheers. They're so excited for this movie. Right. Not just my row. The whole theater was like the Evil Dead fan club. And I got to be there on opening night for that. And that's why Army of Darkness will always hold a really special place for me. Yeah, I don't think that movie came to Springfield. It was... (laughs) I mean, it was just not a fair weather fan in the house. Yeah. No. That, that was just, it's, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And probably one, it's probably my favorite movie going experience I ever had was Army of Darkness. And yeah. that's why it's number one. Huh. It's a good movie. It's fun. Okay. It's fun. A lot schlockier, a lot funnier than that. Okay. I win, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I win all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have me, so that makes you a winner. All right, now that... wait. <laughs> All right, now those are our favorites. You let us know the ones that you think that we missed that should have been on our list, and you can tell us all about that on our guild or email it to us, and maybe we'll talk about it in an upcoming episode. Or we'll just shut up if but, you need uh... us to. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, the land is in danger and time is of the essence. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. All right, the dragon lords are returning and the land will fall. That is, unless some hero can rise up from obscurity and defeat them before they reach their full power. Now, Runebound is a free-form adventure game set in the fantasy flight-created world of Terranoth, a traditional fantasy setting filled with swords, sorcery, and heroes, villains, and monsters. 
The players each assume a role of a random hero uh, from the eight in the box. Each hero is represented by a plastic miniature and a card that details their abilities and stats. The miniatures are placed onto a hex map. The map is covered. Uh, the map is covered with hexes that each represent a diff- one of different. Uh, I think it's a few different types. How many different types of terrain are there? Well, there's got to be six. There's six sides. No, that doesn't have to be six. Well, sides there's that. rivers, hills, mountains, swamps, <laughs> swamps, roads, forests, forests, cities. But you can use anything for a so city. So it's six. Ha! Six, six different types I'm of right. terrain. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So each hero, uh, you. Uh, where was I at now? Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Each turn, players begin by rolling a six-sided die, and uh, this, these dice are covered with those land symbols, and each side of the die has three different land symbols as pips Sometimes on them. Sometimes there's just two sides, two land p- pips. Right, possibly. I think so. Uh-huh. Uh, after rolling the dice, you can tr- consult the faces, and you decide which terrain type you want to use on each of the face. Uh, you get to use one per face. You combine them all, and you can create a traveling map or traveling kind of route on the map. Now, all across the map are these little gem tokens that are colored green, yellow, purple, and red. In that order, from easy to easiest encounter to hardest encounter. Now, when a miniature lands on a gem spot, they draw a card from the light-colored deck. Now, the deck is filled with adventure challenges and event cards. The adventures are heroes tangling with an evil creatures. A challenge is a subset event that serves... Subquest. Or a subquest, and events serve two purposes. One is to tell the story of the Dragon Lords, and the other is to change the base rules of the game until uh, the next global effect. So after beating an encounter, players uh, are given a reward listed on the card, usually gold, and they take the gem off the map. The gems are used as experience points. Uh, one for gold or, or green, two for yellow, three for purple, and four for red. Experience points are spent on your five main stats, dexterity, strength, magic, stamina, and hit points. The first three are used to attack enemies and overcome certain challenges. The other two relate to exertion and damage. Last thing to mention is that there's several cities that are on the map, and these cities are places where players go to spend the hard-earned gold on randomized gears and allies that are imperative for defeating the Dragon Lords. Now, travel a countryside, defeating monsters, hire a dwarf miner, buy that magic sword, and be the first hero to defeat Margoth, the Dragon Lord, because only one hero's name will live on forever. Did you there lengthen you the music? Because there's no. no way you got to that whole thing in time. Oh, I did. Unreal. Ha! This is why I don't get to do the rules anymore. <laughs> my, my rules, I'm not kidding you. So I write these out. Okay, I don't, I don't do these off the top of my head. There's no way I would... They would make sense at all. No, we would sound like morons. <clears throat> right, I write these out. Normal. Mine is probably two thirds of a page. Nicole's would be like two pages. <laughs> I like to be specific. You would you would go through the rule book and go through paragraph by paragraph and make sure you got everything. <laughs> I like for the listeners to understand it. I know you're a teacher's pet. Shut up. Oh, you don't like that? I think we should put up a vote. Who does better rules, Fred or Nicole? Don't say Nicole. Oh, say Nicole, because it'll be hilarious. Cause I, she, no, I don't, wa- don't want to do them. I don't want to do them. She does not like doing rules. It's so stressful. <laughs> I'll be sitting there just going, do I need to include this? Do I not need to include this? I don't have time for this. I want to go to bed. Just so just so listeners know, every time Nicole's ever done rules, right? it's like the day we're recording, and I'll be like, you got those rules done, right? And she'll be like, no, give me like two hours. And I'll be like, two hours? It should take five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too detail-oriented. Right. Okay. 
So let's play this game. Right. So we're playing a fantasy adventure game, and we get we get characters at the start of the game. Let's listen to those introductions and the first turn. Borgran the Shadow automatically succeeds at all escape tests. Hide plus two, sneak plus two, tinker plus two. His quote, I am a deadly wind, invisible and inescapable. You cannot see me, but you can see where I've been. Check it out. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't say check it out. (laughs) Okay, I'm Ronan of the Wild. Ronan. Mm Mm-hmm. After moving your after rolling your movement dice, you may take one stamina damage to re-roll one movement die, which isn't quite so good. But it's okay. Um, my skills are climb plus two, hide plus two, swim plus two. My quote is: "There is something unnatural stirring in the forest." I don't know. I just gave him a goofy voice because he's got a cute little critter on his shoulder. He looks right. like a little... He looks way more gruff than that. You gave him like Poindexter's voice. <laughs> I was talking for the little animal on his shoulder. I got three gold. I have three gold. But you're going first because you got all the movement dice I'm over there, I'm going first because I have all the movement dice over here. I think we can afford some stuff, at least. Okay. I'm going to go... Nope. Nope. Down the Don't. road. No. No. Where? Where where can I go? I don't know. The only thing I got for you, recommendation, don't go to a red spot. No, I'm not going to. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to take the road and then the plains to that green spot. Take a plane. There. And I would like a dragon card, please. There you are. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Words of warning. An old peddler stops you on the path and cries, I've seen the signs. The old ones are awakening, and he who once was dead will soon live again. What exactly are you selling, peddler? (laughs) Upon hearing of your quest, he offers to sell you a map of the realm. Ah, you've got maps for sale. (laughs) You may pay two gold to take this card. During a later turn, you may discard this card immediately after rolling your movement dice to change three of those dice results to sides of your choice. If you choose not to pay or can't, discard this card. We're just going to discard that because I already have, like, the re-roll a movement die thing. That's fine. So, meh, nothing. Uh, and But circle gets a square, right? No, I get nothing. I get nothing. You don't get that little spot for encountering? Do, do I get the spot? I think so. Even though I didn't fight anything? I think your encounter was the peddler. So I get that. I believe so. Are you yeah. sure? I'm going to rule check well, it. Give me movement dice while you rule check so I can keep playing this game. But what if it's game. not your turn yet? I bet it is. Okay, wait. Where would I find this in here? <laughs> okay. I can move out. All I need is a river and a woods or a hill. I'm going to go hill. I'm going to go road, then hill, and plop down on this green spot right here. (laughs) Here we go. Wait, was that an event card? Yes. 
Okay, after a player draws and resolves an event card, he must draw a new card from the adventure deck. Okay, here's your card. <laughs> Here it is. See, I knew it wasn't done. Well, okay, so now I have to fight Vorakesh's necromancers. Okay. Good luck with those really... dudes. See, so I don't get this yet. You have to actually defeat a thingy. Okay. To just, get the experience points. You could hold on to it and just, you well, might be getting it. I may not, though, so I'm going to put it down. I would put it back after you figure it out. Oh, for Pete's sakes. Okay, <laughs> so I've discovered yes. a coven of necromancers preparing to raise more undead warriors to fight at Margoth's side. That's what I would do. Uh, before combat, I have to test sneak. Sneak. See, oh. I should have fought those guys. I have sneak plus two. Oh, I just threw that. I didn't mean to. Um, I'm kind of a thieving gross guy. I shouldn't be so well, heroic sounding. I have to like test my <laughs> mask, my ranged. Yeah. Why am I testing ranged for sneak? That's your dexterity. That's all is it is. Is that what that is? Yeah. Okay, well anyhow, um, I have to beat a 13. I have a 3, so I gotta roll a 10 or better. Good luck with that. And I rolled a 7. You fail. I did fail, but all it means is I don't get a bonus on my first attack roll, so whoopee dip. What I like that. Okay, so for my first round, I'm going to attack him. He yeah. has an 11, I have a 3, so I have to roll an 8 or better. And I do. I roll a 17. So I do 2 damage to him. Right. Now, he attacks back, and he does no damage in the melee. Yes. But he's going to kick my booty, I think, in the magic. He's very magically inclined. Delicious. I was you wanted to say delicious, didn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's magically delicious. Um. So he has a 12. I have a 2. I have to roll a 10 or better. <laughs> and I do. Yes. So ridiculous. he does not hit me. Broken dice. And... <laughs> okay, so... Now you're back around to the top. Yeah, I'm deciding if I want to try and hit him or if I want to... I'm going to play my odds because he doesn't do any damage in either uh, ranged or melee. So I'm going to let him attack me in both of those. And I'm going to attack him with magic. So I have to roll a 10 or better. And I roll a 7. I So miss. he does damage to you. Oh, crap. That sucks. <laughs> How much damage did you take? Three. <gasps> I know. That's a lot. So there goes all my gold. Throw the ferret in front of you. <laughs> oh. Crap. Okay, back around to the top. I'm going to attack him. So an eight. I have to roll an eight or better. <laughs> Oof. And I don't. Oh, I roll a man, three. three. I, I'm dead. Did you just die? Oh, no, because he doesn't He doesn't do anything. Right. Now he just fights you in the magic oh, phase and you don't get to fight back. Okay, he fights me in the magic phase. I'm going to roll a ten or better. And I do, so yes. he does not hit me. So right. now I attack him again. I gotta roll an eight or better. Oh, and I don't. Oh my <laughs> gosh! But he still doesn't hit me. So now I gotta defend against his magic again. I gotta roll a ten or better, and I don't. And I'm dead. Now I'm dead. Oh, so now I'm dead. First round knockout. <laughs> so I lose all of my gold. <laughs> That goes to the. Oh, oh, this goes to. Oh crap! I know it's it's it it's an undefeated undefeated quest. So I put a number one <laughs> on that spot. All right. That Crazy. Sucks. Oh man, 
Now, just so everyone listening knows, we are playing the sort of nerfed version of this because normally when you die, you don't just lose all of your gold. You lose all of your gold plus one of your items or allies, like your highest costing one. And we played with the rule that you just lose just your gold. (laughs) Yeah. The good news is when in this game, when you die, you never lose experience. So whatever level you've gained and whatever experience you've gained, you don't lose that. You can't. But uh, you will lose gear a lot. And gear is kind of important. Gear is very important. But we also hear a really good example of how traits relate in this. Uh, You will you'll come across a lot of these skill kind of things like sneak or swim or climb or diplomacy or something like that and they all apply to these three main attack traits and when you start the game you have your little character card and you have hit points the reason i was laughing too is because she she only has four hit points and her little guy does have like a little weasel kind of ferret thing up on his shoulder that's why i said throw the ferret in front of you (laughs) (laughs) but the uh so whenever you start you'll have like one of these traits will say like it does two points of damage. Usually one of your three traits does two points of damage instead of one. Right. And the others just do one. Right. And usually you only have like, you'll have a bonus of like, you know, three or four in one of them, like maybe two or three in another and then one on another one or zero sometimes. So all of these, these traits, you know, it's pretty obvious that they're pointing you in one direction, you know, but the problem with these traits is, is the attack happens in the order of those traits. So, Kind of strategically, I've found that that dexterity trait is probably the most ex- most important trait of any character. Because it's the one that character. comes up first. You're always fighting right. with that first. Right. And a lot of guys have a damage value, a tr- access to it. Because you're going to fight an enemy three times every round. Or f- three times before you get to go back and fight him again. Right. You're going to fight him, you know. So, And you're only going to be able to attack once. And you declare which one you're attacking on. So... That just got really confusing. Right. So, okay. So let's just say that, you know, both of you have, both the enemy card that has, that you have and your character card look the same. They're going to have those three traits at the bottom. They're going to have a ranged attack trait, a melee attack trait, and a magic attack trait. And those are also your dexterity, strength, and, and, you know, intelligence or whatever. So, uh, you, you, you'll have like a bonus and they'll have a bonus and you're rolling dice for them and rolling, you're rolling dice to try to, uh, no, they have a stat. And you're trying to equal or supersede their stat is right. what you're trying to do. So if they're like a 15. Right. And then you have a, a strength of two. Right. Then you have to roll a 13. Right. And and yeah. So in, And so also like, yeah. So if they have a 10 and you try to attack them and you have a bonus of two, you're trying to roll an eight. Right. To hit, hit them. But if you roll a nine, they hit you instead. And let's say that you've already attacked. Let's say you say, I'm going to use my this one to attack with this turn. Let's say it's the ranged. You attack in the range, you fail, and you take a point of damage from them. They now, this enemy, also gets to attack you in the melee phase and in the magic phase. Yeah, you only get to attack them in one phase. They attack you in the rest. Right. Which sucks. So having that early defense seems like something that's kind of important to do. Strategically. I mean, it just seems like you would always want to apply your first couple levels to that ranged attack. Right. Just to try to, you know, slow them down. And having a guy who attacks in that ranged phase is really beneficial. And when we started the game, we drew two cards each and we chose one that we wanted to pick between those two. And we both picked ones that had high range damage. Right, because that's the only way to play. <laughs> right. So we, we have fairly similar guys, but unfortunately, you rolled really terrible during that first oh, combat. I sucked. <laughs> so let's see uh, how I fare in my first turn. 
I am going Fred to hear anyways. Yeah. So, ahem. Lord Pharaoh. That's what I've come across in the hills just north of Tanamir. Is that what it is? No. I don't think so. It's Tamalir. Just north of Tamalir. Lord Pharaoh joined Vorakesh in hopes of resurrecting his brother, a mighty knight who had fallen in battle. There are a lot of necromancers. Before combat, I test my magic to resist. 14. I have a 3, so I have to roll an 11. I roll a 9, so I do not succeed on that. Uh, to avoid his lightning spell, if I fail, I take 2 stamina. Ooh. Whoa. I don't like that. Okay. Uh, now I'm going to fight him in ranged. I have to roll an 8 to do 2 points of damage. I roll a 13. He takes 2. Uh, he doesn't attack, or he does no damage in the melee phase, but he does do damage in the other one. I have to roll a 10 to avoid taking 2 points of damage. I roll a 10 on the spot. Okay. I attack him again. I have to roll an 8. And I roll a 14. He dies. $2. I get the spot. That ripped off. is how those things go down. I am up to $5. You know what that means. <sighs> Time for me to go into business for myself. <laughs> so let's talk about, uh, in at the very top of that, you hear that I take stamina damage. Now, you have two things. Obviously, hit points, we heard from your combat, results in, in you being knocked Death. out. Death, right. Right, <laughs> and losing money. Stamina works a little bit differently. Stamina is attached to a lot of abilities where, like, you can push yourself a little bit harder and get some additional effect, like a bonus in combat or bonus in damage or extra movement, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, but stamina, once it maxes out, when you go to take another point of stamina damage, when you push yourself again, now it translates into hit points. Stamina also, uh, in this game, hit points can only be revived when you're in a town. And you have to pay. And you have to pay Which to revive sucks. them. You can, I mean, you can get heal potions and stuff like that that give you points back. They're That's fine. Though. But most of the time you're going to a town and you're spending a few dollars to get hit points back. That's just how that works. Stamina, on the other hand, relates directly to the movement dice. Because you roll like four, I think it's five or six movement five dice. dice. <clears throat> so you roll five of these dice. And if you only use two of those, you can take those other three dice and turn them in for a stamina point off right. for each one of them. To so, revive your stamina. Right. So that's how that works. And uh, so let's let's just see what your second turn is like, okay? Because okay. it's got to be better than the first turn. Because so. nothing can be much worse, can it? Okay, I'm going to go through the swamp and over to the plains to go to that little green spot. Thank you. And here is your green card. You can enter the country. <laughs> razor wing raiders. Razor wing. The razor wings are out. <laughs> if you're quiet, they won't find you. I, I mean, to... it's, it's okay if you call them the razor wing waiters. Wait. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I have to uh, test my sneak. And again, I have no sneak. And a 14. I have to beat a 14, so I have to roll an 11 or better. Right. And I roll a 6. So I take a damage. Yes. Are you kidding me? This is just ridiculous. I like this so All far. right. So I'm going to attack him. Um, I have a three against his 14, so I have to roll an 11 or better. Come on. Five. I miss. So he does a damage to me. Meh. 
I have to defend. <laughs> well, he, he doesn't hit me in either of the other two things, so I defend, defend. So once again, I'm going to attack him. I have to roll an 11 or better, and I roll a four. Whoa. So I take a damage. Are you kidding? Oh. This is... <laughs> I, I, I don't oh. understand. I defend, oh. I defend. I have oh, to attack no. again. I need an 11. I roll a 10. <laughs> I'm dead again. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is awful. I want to switch dice. No. I want glitter dice. You don't get my glitter dice. Those are special friend dice. <laughs> wow. This is amazing. This is horrible. I need those movement dice. <laughs> Round two knockout. This is awful. <laughs> now that's too bad. Yeah, that's great. It's... Random cards in this game do not play nice. No. There is a lot of like randomness in this game. And, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there there is, like, a little bit of understanding where you're like, okay, this is a green one. It's supposed to be easy yeah. for a guy who hasn't gained any levels. But actually, a green one's fairly challenging for a person who doesn't have any levels, especially if they roll terribly. And I kept rolling terribly. Right. I mean, this is, there. there is a lot of dice to this game, you know. It's yeah, just... and that's what's supposed to beat you is dice. So why am I getting beat up so if you, bad? It's, it's when you when you have dice and a ton of theme. <laughs> when I get to actually play like a heroic character, you're heroic. in big trouble. Yeah, I win okay. games like that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I know. What's your second turn like? Oh uh, well, geez, let's find out. Here we go. Okay, hot potatoes. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, I just need a road and a field, and I can get it another one, right? Why don't you go hit the razor wings, the ways of wings? The ways of wing waiters? <laughs> 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 What's that guy, King Trafali, or what a not King Trafali? What's that other kid's name? Oh, uh, nah. I don't know. I can't remember. Should I fight the ways of wing waiters? <laughs> what is that guy's name? I don't know. He's Kripke. pretty. Oh, he's Kripke. pretty tough at the range, though. Yeah. I'd have to roll a lot. I really don't want to fight him that bad. We'll go fight the necromancers. They are. Oh yeah, I could. I got their number if I take them. Can I make it there? I don't know. I got like a, all I need is a road and anything. A road and a plains. So road, anything, road, planes, and I can make it. There I you go. go. There. I'll go there and fight the the necromancers. Okay. okay. Before combat, I get to test my sneak. Which you're sneaky. So if I hit a ten, which I hit a seven, so I do not get the bonus, but I am going to attack him with range. The first one I have to roll an eight. I roll a fifteen. Uh, so he takes two points of damage. He doesn't do damage in the next one. I have to roll a nine to avoid his damage. I rolled 14. I have to roll an eight again because I'm attacking him with my ranged again. And I roll eight on the spot. Wow. <laughs> okay, so he dies. Uh, I get two gold, and I get this spot. Oh, I don't think this is fair at all, sir. What is not fair about You need this? to switch me dice. No! These are my dice. These are terrible dice. Those come with the game. Those are imbued with the energy of Fantasy Flight. 
Now, there is no balance in this game. That's just going to be a fact, this whole game. I think it's just your dice. I mean, I do have special gold sparkle dice. I know, and I just have the uh, let me Let me just tell you. Dice. Let me just tell you that I bought these dice at the at the game cafe where Jonathan of Nothing Personal episode worked. And, and I think he might still work there. I don't know. But he, uh, <laughs> I went up there and I said, I said to him, I was like, hey, I, I want to buy some dice tonight. I need some, I need some D10s. And he goes, okay, which ones do you want? And I was like, well, which ones don't sell very well? And he goes, I don't know. Point at one you don't think would sell very well. And I go, what about these gold sparkle dice? Now, these are like, they're like clear acrylic with gold glitter all the way through them. Uh-huh. And, I, and he goes, well... If they do sell, girls buy them. And I was like, <laughs> I'll take them. <laughs> really? <laughs> and so I got like a whole tube. It's like one of those, I think it's a Chessex tube of, of gold, 10-sided glitter dice. Yeah. I love them. They're, they pop. They got that yellow sparkle. You were rolling 10-sided dice? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I believe in the power of the gold sparkle dice, so obviously I'm going to do better. Yeah. Your turn three, Nicole. You're going to finally get some luck on this one, I think. Okay. Okay, can I have a forest? No. Oh, yeah, I do have a forest. Okay. I have a road and I have a forest. I'm going to go over to that green spot. Boom. And a, can I have a card? No way, because you were supposed to take on the ways of wing wait as a gift. do it. <laughs> so instead, I'm going to fight an assassin on the loose. Lord as I like to call him a double assassin. <laughs> what? Lord Vorakesh has been known to hire help to reach his goals. Before combat, test face mask for, versus uh, for 14. Okay, so I have to roll an 11 or better. Seriously. 10! I rolled a 10! I mean, if, if I doing fail, a bad job was your goal, you're take doing amazing. a point of damage. So I take a point of damage. Unbelievable. I know where I'm heading next turn. So, <clears throat> I pretty much have to attack. Well, it's not going to matter. What's well, not going to matter? I'm going to attack him first round. Three against his 16. I got to roll a 13 or better. You got this. I rolled a nine. <sighs> I take two damage. When are you attacking him? That was your attack? That was my attack. Oh, you're doomed. I'm defending, so I have to roll a nine or better. I roll a seven. I'm dead. <coughs> Again! <laughs> really? This is amazing. This is Give me those movement horrible. dice back. I hate this. You do not. This Get, is so you're super You're doing sucky. amazing. No, I'm not. Stop being Where's so my, mad. Where was he? Right there. <laughs> nope, no luck. Nope. Death number three. Three turns, three deaths. Hat trick. <laughs> I know. You just got the death hat trick. I got the hat trick of suck. Jeez. Well, guess what? Now that you've died your third time, the listeners get to hear what it's like to go shopping in this game. <laughs> I kind of want to just run to town and get an item before I lose it. So let's see if I can pull that off. If I can pull off a road, a road, a sw- Womp, a river, and then an anything. Yep. Where are you going? <clears throat> I'm going to go road, road, swamp, river, anything to go to there. So I'm going to get that shield plus... You're buying that shield? Most likely I'm buying that shield. Uh, I also have a chance at some sun plate. Whoa. 
What is that? Because the market phase, I draw a card. Right. Uh, any phase, if your hero successfully defends, inflict one wound on your enemy. What? If I successfully defend, they take a point of damage. That is so awesome. Oh my gosh, that's Hold awesome. On. What's this other one? Activate to cancel up to two wounds from being inflicted on your hero and inflict one on your enemy. I'm taking the shield of light. Oh my god, that's awesome. Seven bucks. Seven take bucks. all my money. All right. <laughs> so now I'm Borgrim the Shadow with a shield of light. It's fantastic. But I'm just going to tell you, you will never see me even with my shield of light. <laughs> it's your turn, Nicole. Good job. Yes, you are doing a good job. Hold on. I in this suck. game, can't I rest and recover my stamina? Like if I decide not to move? Oh, yeah. Every die you don't use will recover one of your staminas. We weren't doing that before. We've done that before. Oh. Stamina, but not health. Health oh, still stamina. has to be paid right, for. Right. Your stamina, the stamina damage I took, right. like when I moved three spaces instead of five, I could have paid for those, but I didn't. So but you I'm didn't. Not so, cheat. yeah. I won't cheat for your sake because you've been knocked down three times. Thank you. That's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> what is that space? Is that a plains? Road, Where are you road, off to? road, plains. You're going to fight the razor wings? Road, 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 plains. No. Okay, you're being so plane. weird. You're being so weird with that guy. <sighs> you're so weird. He's in the way Ambush. Oh, no. <laughs> Blood-curdling screams alert you that Morakesh's minions are ready to kill you. That was not blood-curdling. Come on! <laughs> you have no idea what blood-curdling is. I know what it's not. <laughs> well, I know that my blood curdled. Okay, so before just combat... weird curdless blood. This is awful. Test my face mask for 50. In your face mask. So I have to roll a 12 or better. And I roll, what is that, 11? Yeah. Awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, if you succeed, inflict. No, I didn't succeed. Oh, I just, there's nothing. Okay. Excuse me. I got the hiccups. Oh, so I've been attacking the first round. I have to roll a 12 or better. And I roll... An eight. So I take a damage. Oh, my God. This is amazing. <laughs> Seriously, I need different dice. I'm not playing anymore unless I get different dice. Where, where's other dice? Uh, they're on the other side of that speaker on the tray. You're going to take my sparkle dice and bring the thunder now. Or you're going to steal all the mojo. Who buys gold sparkle dice? Me. It looks so cool. All right. You're going to roll a 2. I have to defend against the smack to the face. You're going to roll a 2. So I got to roll a 10 or better. You'll roll a 2. I roll... What the heck is, is that? that? Is that a 1? Yeah. I rolled a 9. <laughs> so I get smacked in the face. You change dice. For 2. <laughs> oh, my God. I have to... Well, he doesn't do any damage against again. magic, so I'm fine. So I'm going to attack him. I have to roll a 12 or better. I roll a nine. I'm dead. Oh my god. This sucks. <laughs> Again. Here, I'll put this one down there. <laughs> it's amazing. Give me those movement dice. Get out of here. This is amazing. Death number four. Nicole, yep. explain yourself. <laughs>
There's no explanation. <laughs> Come on. So bad. I mean, this. I mean, I think this is your last chance for your luck to change. I don't know. This is it. This is your last chance. Okay. Here it goes. Okay, I'll take it. Road, 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 road. Take me up to that green that's not... <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say your boat. This Actually, one? road, 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 road over here. Go to that that one. That green one there. Wait. This one here. Okay. Thank you. Card me. How old are you, lady? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're old enough to buy these cigarettes. You shouldn't smoke. <laughs> Berserker Ent. Merrick... 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 Mary Margaret, what? Margath's servants have meddled with magics beyond them, awakening the ancient protectors of the forest and filling them with rage. Before combat, test climb. Woohoo, I have plus two to my climb. And it's on my hand, so I have four already. You roll the white dice. Hmm. <laughs> it doesn't matter, they all suck. Oh my god, no, don't mix them. Mojo okay, destroy. so I have to roll a ten or better. <clears throat> I mean, you're crossing the streams right now. And I roll... 13. A 13. Woohoo! She found the formula. Uh, to climb up the end where it cannot reach you. If you succeed, the end can inflict no damage on the first round of combat. Oh, that's right. awesome. Okay, so I will attack him in the first round. He has a 10. I have a 3. I gotta roll a 7 or better. 7 or better. 7 or better. I roll a 9. I roll a 9. I beat him. He's dead. I get a dollar. I have a whole dollar. <gasps> I have a dollar. <laughs> and you get an experience and point, Nicole. And I get Nicole. a point. Thank Hello. you. I'm so happy. All right. And you can just Give this that. back and give me your movements. Curse broken, Nicole. Woo! That's terrible. There we go. <laughs> I think my shoulder hit the mic. Yeah. Sorry. That was a you lamest, broke the curse. lamest high five ever. That is a, that's probably the roughest start to this game I've ever heard. That's the roughest start to any game anyone's <laughs> ever heard. Because now, now... No one dies four times right. in a row. And I've had... I've had you know, that, I, I know. So I'm, I'm now four turns of a success in a row yeah. ahead of you. Yeah. So you've got to catch up like crazy. And I just have this trail of <clears throat> death. Here's the, here's the bad news. Is I've bought like you know a shield of light, uh-huh. and I've I've upgraded my character at this point, uh-huh. and I'm feeling pretty confident enough that I'm going to give a yellow gem a try. Mm-hmm. Go into the hills and come across Sir Vileen. Or Vi- yeah, it's Vileen. You drop him in your eyes if you get <laughs> no. It's Vileen the Fallen. In life, Sir Vileen was Vorakesh's bodyguard, and death. He serves as his Dark Lord's protector, confidant, and assassin. Any successful magic attack afflicts additional one point. Aw, not doing that. Uh, I'm going against his ranged attack, of course, first, because he's going to do two points to me if I don't do two points to him. And I've got a five, so I have to roll a seven. And I roll a eleven. So he takes two points of damage. And then I have to defend against... This is when he's going to probably damage me. Okay, so he does three points of damage with a 16. I have to roll a 15 to defend here. Wow. I roll a 5 and tap my shield. So I do take one point of damage, but he takes one point of damage as well. Okay. Okay? So we trade points. This guy's way tougher. Yeah? Uh, Magic, he doesn't do anything. So we're back around to the top. I have to roll a 7. Please roll a 7. I roll a 6. Yes! I take two points of damage. I'm going to die right now. There's no way around it. Because now you have to defend against, what, a 15? I have to roll a 15. 
I roll a 14 and I die. Oh my goodness. Oh, sorry. I mean, didn't mean to cheer at your death. This guy is tough. I told you you weren't ready. I thought I might be ready. I got you got my hopes up. All right. <laughs> Look, you got to take risks if you're going to keep the lead, don't you? I kept taking risks. It was not paying off. Right, but you have to take them. <laughs> you really do. You and That's there's, true. There's, a, there's something weird about this game where there's not like this definitive line because those cards are randomized. There's no definitive line that says. Now you're ready for the yellow cards. True. So there's, and you don't know when you're ready for purple and when you're ready for red. And the person, usually the person who takes the biggest risk early enough and know, and gets that gut feeling like now, do it now. That's the person who wins the game. Right. And that's, that's just what I was trying to do. Didn't pay off in this case. No. Did not. So I died just like you die. So now it's what? Four deaths to one. Yeah. Okay. Rub it in. (laughs) (laughs) Now we play a couple more turns when this thing happens. I mean, look at you. You got zero upgrades, zero gear. I know, I suck. You got three experience. Road, 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 road. Give me a card, please. I don't know if you can handle this. Probably not. Ways of wing, us. Uh oh. No, it's not. It's like animals before a storm. A long shadow stretches across the land, chilling all those it touches. (laughs) In response to this time of unrest, the towns are being more stringent on who they allow inside their walls. Hey. When your hero enters a town space, test diplomacy. This is a global effect from now this on. This is, yes. Does that reset all our little gems? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. When your hero enters a town space, test diplomacy 12 uh, against your magic. Your total experience point value from both adventure counters and experience counters is added as a bonus to this roll. If you fail, you may not enter the town space, but may keep moving if your movement die allows you to do so. Dice allows you to do so. Wow. The movement die you use to enter the town space may be used to move to a different space. This is a really bad card. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty hardcore. There you go. Here's your other card. Did you fill everything? Yeah, I think so. Okay. There you go. That's insane. Oh, man. So that's an example of global effects. Yeah. It happened. So now we can't go into town anymore unless you roll a diplomacy check. Right. Which, I mean, so you can. It's just... Right. It's not that things. tough. And if yeah. you, and didn't it say, like, if you had enough level, you could go in anyways? Uh, anyway, but here's the thing. The thing that's really important about event cards is they reset the map. Because you do have a finite number of each color of gem on the map. Yeah, as you and, clear it, you're picking up that right. gem. Some of them that you pick up, about half of them to be exact, have a little star to symbol. To be exact, to be vague. But, you know, it's, it's like about half. Approximately half to be exact. I think it's half. <laughs> Half-ish. It's half. So <laughs> half of them have a little star symbol underneath, and half of them just have a the gem kind of repeated. The little star symbol has like the color of gem that's in that it's supposed to go on it and they reset so you take those gem tokens back out and you put them back down again and this allows people who are lagging behind like nicole to (laughs) all of her dying glory to keep you know leveling up and still have those opportunities right because otherwise people like fred will just steal all of those green opportunities and then i can't if i can't beat a green guy i cannot beat a yellow guy yeah right now one of the things about the event cards as well is that they, they they are locked in place by level. So, like, yellow, whenever you put a green one out, if you draw another green one, it replaces the green one that's out. Right. If you draw a yellow one, a green one can no longer replace that. You can't go backwards in the storyline. The storyline becomes more severe and more 
uh, told as you go deeper into the decks and right. into the difficulty. So once again, like a red one can't be replaced with anything. A red one's just on the board, you know. It can be replaced by a red one, but not by a purple but one. But not by purple, a yellow, yellow, or a green. Or green. <laughs> so now we jump forward as I challenge... Uh, we jump forward now, and I challenge another yellow, and I succeed this time. Nicole gains money, buys some armor. A new event happens that rewards the first hero to return to Tamalir, followed by immediately another event that caused a minion prince to uh, to join my my band of, of adventurers. Uh, and uh, I, I actually have an event that questions his loyalty, and I, he passes that. Nicole upgrades a few times, and she actually kills the Wazer Wing waiters. <laughs> now, before upgrading, before upgrading again, this game speeds up as you play because you never lose those upgrades, and bigger creatures lose to lead to faster upgrades. So we jump back in as I try my first purple event. Perils of the future. An old fortune teller gasps when she sees your future, but she doesn't wish to discuss what she sees. Test diplomacy. I have, a, I have to roll a 10. I roll a 12. If you succeed, choose a space with a red adventure counter and draw the red adventure card. Look at the card. Do not reveal it to Nicole. Place it face down next to the available spot on the undefeated challenge track and place the corresponding undefeated challenge counter on the adventure phase. Wow. So I get to do that right now. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to look at that spot that's up next to me. This is not... Okay. There you go. All right. So I do get my little spot, and I get to upgrade my guy. No, you don't get. The oh, I don't spot. get to you it. Take a I gotta still fight someone. I gotta fight someone. Oh, come on with this! No more business as usual. Black signs are seen in the sky, and shadowy shapes of dragons haunt the wilds between towns. As the power of Vorakesh grows, travel becomes dangerous, and commence with uh, commerce more expensive. Merchants have no choice but to raise their prices. While this card is in play, all items are worth double their printed cost. They cost twice as much to buy and are worth twice as much to sell. Any what? discounts are applied after doubling the item's cost. This event does not affect any rewards earned in a challenge. Oh my goodness. So everything's double the cost. Right. Basically, uh, so now I get to draw and again. And it's a purple. Right. Please let it be another one of those. Nope. Margath's Hatchlings. Just as you realize the significance of dozens of empty shells, the hatchlings are upon you. Very quickly you realize that what they lack in sheer physical prowess, they more than make up for in their flaming breath. Okay, these guys are tough. For real. Uh, so I'm going to defend, I think, in the first round, maybe. Yeah, because I have to roll an 8. But they're going to do 5 points of damage if they hit me, which will, I can only defend 2 of those. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play my magic flute, which reduces them to zero. For the first round. Okay. Okay. So I can still defend their first round, but it doesn't really matter. This is gonna be zero. I'm gonna have uh, Prince fight in the second round. Uh, he rolls an eleven plus his three is a fourteen, so he does two points of damage to them. Yes. And I get to do. I'll tap this and tap this, which gives me a plus nine. So I have a five. To hit them. 
and I roll a 17. So they're dead. I think. You did two points of damage with that one? No, this, this is how it works. So I got... This gives me a plus four to my combat roll. I have plus fives. So that gives me plus nine. This gives me plus three damage in my magic hit attack. Oh. So I actually did uh, four points of damage. So they actually took six. Okay. But they're dead. I get six bucks and the spot, and I upgrade my character. So when you stack two event cards, a lot happens in one turn. Yeah. Uh, the first thing, the reason I paused so long and I almost gave it away was the red card I drew was an event card. Of course. And so I... Which the, I knew that. Which I drew it, and I was just like, this is a... I just get mad. I'm like, I was hoping so bad to be a dragon lord, and I got this event, and now I have to play it, play dumb, and I don't want to. But you get it. Of right course. off the bat, you're like, oh, it wasn't a guy. It was yeah. some other thing. I knew it had to be. So now I put down this event. Like, whenever you don't do... Like, don't finish an event card, or you don't finish a challenge, you actually have these little markers... And you, you basically usually leave it face up because you die or whatever. And you mark it with whatever it is at the top and you move that card over the top. Uh, in this case, I've, I've put the card at the top face down and it doesn't get revealed. But everybody knows not to go there at this point. Yeah, Because it much. didn't seem very exciting to no. me. Anytime Fred's like not like, oh gosh, he's just like, mm, then you don't go there. Just don't do it. Right. Now, Nicole, we are passing the two hour mark at this point in the game. And you actually start to catch up quite a bit. I get kind of stalled out with a couple of bad turns of movement where I don't accomplish anything. And yeah, you literally got stuck. Right. Where you were in a corner and you either had to have like mountains right. or... Now remember, I was only like four turns ahead and I died once, which meant I wasted a turn. So now I'm three turns ahead and I waste two turns right there just sitting there. And then when I actually go to do something, it's just like go to town and buy something. Right. I sold some stuff, you know, and got another piece. Another thing to, to note about like these, like this equipment, okay? So there's like sort of passive effect equipment like swords where you have a sword and whenever you attack with melee, it gives you a bonus to the damage, or it gives you a bonus to your hit roll. And you don't have to activate that sword. That sword's active any time you attack with a, with a melee. Right. There's other things like that magic flute that I played. That can only be used once per combat, and you can only activate once one of those cards every time you go through all three of those stats. Right. So a, a combat round is a ranged, a melee, and a magic. And you can only activate one of those activate cards per round. And you can use as many as you want in a combat as long as combat continues to go. So it's kind of it's kind of a management thing where you're kind of looking at what you have gear-wise. And you are limited to how much you can have. And you're kind of trying to say, when do I use this? As well as you have minions who don't use gear, but they have specific abilities and stuff like that. And so uh -huh. you're trying to decide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack here because I can do two points of damage and I have a high bonus in range. And my prince guy was... You know, he's he's really good at, at melee, and he does two points of damage there, but I'm going to have to go ahead and just take the damage on the magic because Prince has a zero bonus, and I have a five bonus. Right. So I'm more likely to defend that, you know? So there is some thought. It's not completely brainless dice rolling. It's not just re-roll dice and compare numbers, and if I score higher, I win. It's not that simple. There Starts is, that there's way. There's a little <laughs> more thought to it than that. There's, yeah. there's quite a bit, to be quite honest. Uh, now... I just dealt with a purple, though, in this game, like it was nothing. I just went right through it, yeah. played a magic flute, didn't take any damage, and killed him by the beginning of the second turn. So let's see what happens when you step up and take on a challenge. Let's see. Can you rise? We'll see. Okay, here <laughs> we go. 
Road Hill Mountain. I'm going for that purple. Road Hill Mountain. Okay. I'm still scared of the dragons, though. Lorantis the Savage. Lorantis is known for his magical healing abilities. Legend has it that whoever drinks his blood will be restored in body and spirit. Okay. Uh, Did we finish up the double the market price yet? No. Ugh. It's awful. <laughs> I know. That's why I keep not going to town. Oh, that's bad. Okay. I attack in the first round, and I have... What do I have? Nine against us, 14, so five or better. And I totally hit an 11. So I do two damage. Oh, here's a problem. I have to defend against a 17. I have, well, I have eight. So I can roll a nine or better to defend. And I do not. So he does four damage to me and kills me, and I lose all my gold. <laughs> wow, that was stupid. Oh, my goodness. All gone. He one shotted you. He one shotted me and Jeez. Turns out you're not a Purple Club member. I am not a Purple Club member. <laughs> That's the worst luck in this game. I, I just, uh, I just that was dying. What, death number five? Yeah. Death number five. Death number five. Yeah. Here's the good news. This next clip's the final clip, Nicole. Okay, good. <laughs> so whoever wins is in this final clip. Okay. Let's see how this goes. We're so desperate for a gem refill. I know it. Servants of Vorakesh. Vorakesh uses his servants to seek the dragon runes, runes and spread terror. Terror. You've discovered a coven terror. of these minions carrying their dark lord's wishes. And after, I, I automatically beat him because I have a nine against his ten. Okay. And he takes two damage, so I get a You get dollar. to upgrade your guy. I get to upgrade. Here's that card back. And I guess I have to take a magic because my magic is crap. Not that it's going to help me all that much. Don't worry. I'm going to take a big risk this next time, Nicole. I'm going into red zone. And you're like, you have to roll two mountains to get there. Do I? I didn't roll a single mountain, but I'm going to do this. Two additional spaces for this one. Okay. So I go mountain, mountain, and end up on a red spot. High Lord Margoth, right on top. Oh, no. You have discovered the lair of Margoth, the resurrected dragon High Lord. Before combat, you may escape without making a roll. If you escape or fail this challenge, reshuffle this card into the Red Adventure deck. The game is over and I win if I beat this guy. So I'll try. Okay. Uh, definitely going to attack him in the first round, I think. But do I want to attack him or do I want to let my guys attack him? Because I can do four damage later if I let them attack. They'll get destroyed instantly. Can't you use your little... They're not going to hit him. Seriously, they, they have to roll like 16 and above. In fact, my guy, I've got to roll yeah, 2, you... 4, 6, 7, 8, 9. I have to roll an 11 to hit him in that phase. If you do your flute, at least he doesn't do any damage in the first round. But I want to do extra damage here. Oh. And I can't make it there otherwise. Um, I guess I'm going to let this guy attack in the first round. 
Engins, the bold, is going to attack in the first round. He can reduce damage, so he can he'll survive. But he has to roll a fifteen. He rolls a 19! Oh my god! Oh my god! Two points of damage on Margoth! <laughs> How many points does he have? Eight. Oh. Uh, next round is this guy. He has to roll an 18. <laughs> He's not gonna do it. Oh, Prince, it was so good having you around, but you're dead. Oh, 14. Prince is dead. It's okay. We'll put him in the pile. Okay. There you go. Uh, so I tap my sword after your hero makes a successful melee or magic attack. So I have to attack with magic right now. I have, he has a 20, and I have a plus 9, so I have to roll an 11. I roll a 16, so I do 4 more points of damage. He's at 6 damage right now. Wow. Okay. And, of course, I think I'm going to attack in the first round because I have a plus 14. So I have to roll a five. And I will do, I'll do a reduce his damage to zero on this turn. So he has a five, I have to roll a five and I win the game. I roll a 20 on the final roll. You rolled a 20? On the final roll against Margoth, I rolled a 20 and took him out. (laughs) That's disgusting. That's the end of the game. That's that's the way to win if you're going to do it. My gosh, a 20. That was awesome. Did I win? No. is the best part of winning <laughs> i wouldn't know i've only ever heard my jingle once <laughs> you will never hear it again if i, I have anything to probably do with it. i know <laughs> oh, i my didn't goodness. have a chance right, right from the beginning it, it there was no way there was no way it was way. rough coming back but you did you did make a pretty I, good comeback but then you got <laughs> a, a really unlucky purple card yeah because i out. had no business dealing well, with purple that's another thing to realize too is that I never upgraded my health, and neither did you. No. And you can upgrade your health. Right. And we never did that. We never tried to make ourselves more robust. We were just, you know, glass cannons again, you know? Yeah. And so we, uh, you know, when when you walk in there, you're really counting on these rolls to be good, because if they aren't good, they, you get taken out in one shot. Yeah. Margoth would have taken me out any time I rolled directly against him in one shot. Yeah. I just had some some stuff to mitigate. I had a couple of followers. I had really high bonus and range, so I was only rolling a five to hit him. Yeah. On two D on two D ten, that's not that bad. Okay. Yeah, I know. I just I I suffered right from the beginning because I could never get any kind of weapons or right uh, allies or anything. But basically, I walked into the final b- battle with Margoth. All I had to do was roll a five three times, and I would do six points of damage to him. Yeah, and then you roll a twenty. Huh. Right. Right. Huh. Perfect. So let me talk to you guys about this. We played version 2.0. Because that's, that's the version the one we, we have. <laughs> we have. Now, I actually did research and looked up the differences between the newest version of Runebound and the Runebound we have. And here they are. Even with Nicole reading them, I'm still going to tell her. Well, yeah. Uh, first thing is the map is zoomed in a little bit. And the 
hexes themselves are a little bigger and they're newly illustrated so that they're a little more, the artwork's a little more vivid, a little bit more detailed. Okay. Uh, because they're zoomed in. Everything's grown up a little bit. Now, that means that it deals with less of the overall world map of Terranoth, the, the, this fictional world that, that Fantasy Flight uses for this game and also their battle lore game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, somehow they, they fit 20 more spaces on the board. How big is the board? It's the same size, but they got rid of the border that goes all the way around the board and just made this solid map all the way to the edges. Oh. Okay? The next thing they did was get rid of rivers as spaces to make it move, easier to move overall. So there's one less terrain type on the terrain dice. So you can never get to Grandma's house. Right. <laughs> you can never go over the river and through the I woods. I know. What? Um, they just did that. Now, yeah. the move, movement dice themselves were made easier with a wild side, but they're stifled because now each player has movement points that restrict the number of dice they get to roll. And you only start with like two or three huh. on most characters. Um, four of the 16 cities now heal heroes for free. What? Whereas none of them do in our version of it. Yeah, I don't think that's necessary. <clears throat> okay. Uh, they got rid of the different colored difficulty, and all the tokens are the same difficulty. But you still have three different colors. Or still have four different colors. But they're all the same difficulty. It's like, it's sort of well, a randomized difficulty. Because now it's like, it's almost like they made sort of a yellow difficulty game overall that I can tell. Oh. I haven't played it myself, but this is what someone described. Uh, combat has changed from a dice system to a token-based system. I don't know exactly how it works. I didn't get into the into the rule book that deep, but it results supposedly in a stronger or a longer sort of strategic system. Okay, I so, don't need a longer game. I'll tell well, you that. Well, the right combat now. is longer, but now movement's faster. Movement never took that long okay. to begin with. The there's a scenario system that makes the game timed and not endless. Mm, okay. We can play our game forever as long and, and until until basically all the spots run out and all of the event cards run out yeah we could play a long time well yeah and especially if you add in like expansions and stuff right uh token colors represent the type of quest that are inside decks now like fighting exploring etc so now when you go to a let's say purple card you know that this is a this type of quest huh you know it'll, it'll involve magic you know and so that... why didn't they just make it a whole new game it's, it's not, I mean, it still basically kind of feels the same. It doesn't sound basically anything the Here's same. Here's what they did. They increased the amount of market cards in each city now, and there's always three instead of just one at the start of the game. You could house rule that. Well, I'm just that's saying, that that, that's the thing. Uh, supposedly they have a, co- a cooperative mode. Huh. <clears throat> now, despite all the stuff that they said that they did to speed this up, it still takes two to three hours to play this game. Now, yeah. that's what it takes Nicole and I to play this game. Right. Two to three hours. Uh, there's now six heroes, and actually, I misspoke in the rules description. I think there were there's actually twelve heroes in our in our box. Oh, that you can choose from. Right. Okay. Um, now, there is. Uh, let's just talk about things we like. Okay. What do you like about this game? Well, in our version of it, I like the dice, despite <laughs> the fact that what I took away your likes and dislikes. You don't get to cheat off my look. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, despite the fact that the dice really hated me, right. I like that dice system. I don't think it's a bad right. system for this particular game. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the 
And I like the levels of tokens. Like I like being able to go do some easier things and then move on to the harder difficulties. Right. Because that seems more like a, it's more like a, a RPG in video game sense. Right. They don't throw you in head first with more difficult characters. Mm-hmm. And they certainly don't give you the same level characters the entire time. You're supposed right. to feel like you're growing. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to play just yellow all the time. And if I want to have, you know, well, this is going to be fights and that's going to be something else, I'll play a different game. Okay. I haven't played version 3.0, so maybe we're I'm not, just... We're not talking about likes on this game in defense of it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, those are some of the things I like about this game, and, and that's kind of the stuff that they Well, I'm just changed. telling them because this game, 2.0, is hard to get. You can get it. It costs like around 100, 100 bucks or $150 now. Yeah. That's just that's, that's just crazy geek pricing. I don't I don't understand what well, people do. Well, because it's different. Because like I said, they changed a bunch of stuff. Right. So, but then again, the other one might be just fine. So, <laughs> what else do you like about this game? Anything else? Do you want me to talk about some stuff? If we go ahead and talk about some okay. stuff, we're doing this together. I think that this is a great open adventure. Yeah. That you move around and you have different towns and you have different ways you can develop your character, and you've just got this nice open feel that makes it so that you're not you're not absolutely being dictated by a specific direction there's a lot of choices you don't have to go for this and you got you determine when you go for the harder thing and you determine if you want the magic staff up here in the north where the where the tokens are harder or if you want to go down south for this easy sword that doesn't do as good as the magic staff Mm -hmm. you know you make those decisions and that makes this game different don't die and lose all your money the the deck of gear, like just of magic items, is so robust. Yeah. Every town is going to be different. Every game is going to feel different because of this randomizing that happens. This game is a talisman killer. Okay? It feels like talisman, kind of. Because talisman, yeah. you're just walking around in a circle over and over and over again, and you're getting items and stuff like that randomly, and you have the unforgiving dice. You have all that kind of same stuff going on, except this one destroys that game it's so much better than that game and it gives you a lot of the same feel except it gives it to you in that full expressed in a very adventure feel right and there's a good variety of characters in this box yeah i mean there's there's a lot of character in there they all have like a little subtleties that are different and they they you know look fairly unique in design like my guy was positively ghoulish looking i mean he was this brute green-skinned weirdo with a hook <laughs> hand or something like that you know i don't know but this is very different every time and that it, those adventure decks are are fairly varied too on top of it we have expansions they supported this game so much it's unbelievable i bought a game called or a pack called the essential expansions pack and it came with traps and stuff like that that you can put in there it came with uh additional gear that you can put in there, all kinds of stuff. Now, it sort of muddied the water when we played it the first time, and we stripped it all out and played just the base version of the game this time. Uh-huh. But there's a lot of variety, including entire different scenarios where you're not fighting the Dragon Lord. We have an additional one called the Cataclysm. Uh, what was the other one we played? The Seven Scions? Yeah. Totally different goals, totally different ways to get there. They they really managed to change it up. On top of that, we have big box expansions for this, where we bought like one that has to deal with swamps. And in this case, they have a fold-out board that lays perfectly over the map of, of Terranoth that you have, 
and puts Zanaga on there, which is a different land. Right. And has different rules and different encounter cards and everything like that. And we bought those expansions as well. Those are even more expensive than the base set. I'm just going to tell you that (laughs) right now if you want to get those. But it, but those add like make it completely different. We got the sand one, we got like the desert one and the swamp one. We weren't able to get the snow one. It sold out right when we started collecting this. Right. And there's another dungeon one that came out right off the bat, and it's like it was $150 when I bought Rune Age or Runebound. Uh, Rune Age, totally right, different. Runebound Part Second Edition. When I bought that game, that dungeon one was already sold out and going for $150. Yeah. So. But this thing really does a good job of a successful D&D in a box feel. But you are a lone hero, you're not a you're not a party and you're not co- you're not cooperative at all. You do fight against each other to try to be the one who steals all the glory. Yeah. And it's fun. It is fun. What do you dislike about this game? Dying over and over and over <laughs> again and not being able to do anything about it. No, um, we did have to. Th- there are some uh, some alternate versions included in the guide. Um, right. Like like we said, you know, base game. You're supposed to lose all of your gold, gold plus either an ally or your an item. Highest your highest costing. cost one. Yeah. Right. Ally or item. So your best sword goes away, or your best guy that you've got. Right. Whatever costs the most is what you lose. And fortunately so for me, it wouldn't have mattered because all I was ever losing was gold anyhow. I right. could never I could never amass enough gold to buy anything anyway. Right. Hold on, I got pickups. <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay, anyway. Um so I mean that that part kind of sucks. If you just if you have a bad round right off the bat and then you have another one, it's hard to recoup. Right. And that's unfortunate. Right. But it's not impossible. Right. And if you'd have had a couple more bad rounds, I could have I could have beat you. <laughs> right. If I had lost a Margoth, you could have potentially made it back. Yeah. It would only taken you a couple more turns to get to purple level, and once you're at purple level, you're just, You're just this close yeah. to taking out the big guys. You can probably do red, but... Right. Uh, I'd say it's the the dislikes, and these are minor, because I understand it comes with the territory when you're going with this heavy theme type game. It's very harsh win or lose. Like you said, that's one of my dislikes. Yeah. It's very harsh. I mean, you fall behind, and especially if you do it like you like we like we heard, where it happens four times in a row or whatever... It's so deflating. You just can't... You're just watching the other person succeed, 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 and you know the second they take over, like, start taking on yellows, and you're nowhere near taking on yellows, you're just you're just like, what am I going to do? Yeah, I mean... Bad luck has have, to strike them, too, you know? We have friends that if they'd have been in the position that I was, they either would have quit playing the game, right. they would have just clammed up, not said anything, and not had fun with the rest of the game. Right. Because it is, it can be that harsh. I don't care if I lose a game, whatever. I'm having fun playing. Right. I love this game even if I lose. Right. So another complaint I have is that expansions are very limited and very hard to get. And the new version has been out since like last summer or something like that. And there is no expansion out for it. Now, that's not to say they're not going to. I'm sure they're going to. But they are not supporting this like they did the last one. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. Um. I don't think, and I've never done it with more than you and I, because this is a game you and I have played together quite a few times. This We've has been in our collection We've never played it with other people. Because it takes us two and a half hours to play it together. Just for the two of us to play. Right. And so that that's long enough. 
plenty long enough. And adding and an extra actually... person is just adding more time. So I'm saying that the game itself, probably solo, takes about an hour and 15 minutes to play when you're experienced. And you just add another person, it's an hour and 15 minutes. And it just adds up like that. So yeah. if you try to play whatever it says that you can play, like eight players or something in the oh box. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. You would be playing an entire day. Yeah. And that was actually, I was going to add that to my list of uh, dislikes, is just length of time to play the game. Right. I mean, you, you have to dedicate, you, you have to know what you're getting into. You have to right. know this is going to be a long game. Right. And you also, like I said, you have to go into a game like this in the right mindset. You have to know, I'm going to roll with the punches because they're they're not going to be clean punches. They're going to be some dirty ones in right. there, you know? And you just have to roll with it. It's a theme game. It's right. telling a story. You're part of the story. It's not all important that you win. Just go with it, you yeah. know? Just have fun. Just, just go Even with it. Even if you suck. You're fine. <laughs> so what would you say the difficulty of teaching this to a non-gamer is? Um, I mean, when you break it down, I don't think it's too difficult to learn overall. I, I, I'm, the combat system, I think, is a little strange still. And every once in a while, I would just, like, every time we pick it up again and I haven't played it for a long time, right. I'm just like, okay, how does this work again? I, you know, it's not the cleanest combat system i think right. it's a little difficult um so i'd probably give it i'd probably give it a four yeah. to teach um and and part of that too is because there are uh changeable rules and things you can house rule and and that are suggested in the book right. um there's a lot to it i don't know i think i think it's real simple actually i think it's i think it's, it's a simple? three really okay i think it's a three i think it's uh I mean, it's as simple as these are the symbols that relate to the board. This is how you move. And, you know, I'll coach you through the first round of combat. You'll draw cards when you hit these spots, and these are what's available to buy. Yeah, okay. it's It's fairly cut and dry how it plays out. But there's quite a bit of story in there for what there is. Yeah. Uh, what would you give this as a rating? Just as a base game... I don't know. I'm torn between four and five. I wish I could give four and a half. You don't let me do that. No. I think I'm going to go five just oh. just for this reason alone. <laughs> oh, my If you goodness. mention this game, I always go, yes, I would like to play that. Really? Yes. I'm a four. Part Now, the reason I kind of lean toward four a little bit right. is because of the experience we had with, with uh, we had two of the expansions in there. Right. And they didn't stack well. Yeah. And it ended up being kind of a miserable game. Yeah. Like you, we couldn't get anywhere, and we were playing with that that full rule of losing your ally or item. Right. And we just both kept getting so screwed over. Neither one of us was ever making any progress, and every time we started to make headway, we'd get knocked down a, a peg again, and right. we couldn't we couldn't manage to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and there were too many cards there were too many items and too many things and plus there were traps in there right it, it so complicated the rules a lot it complicated it to the point where it it didn't seem as much fun as it should have right. been we should have done one expansion or the yeah, other sparingly use your expansions yeah be prepared for it to potentially ruin a game if you have the wrong ones right i, in I had three expansions in there yeah we were playing a variant on the main rule or the main goal of the game like a new scenario and we had traps and something else in there, too. Yeah, it was just... I didn't like the traps at all. At all. Whoa. So. All and right. that's what almost knocked it down. But if you if you strip it down to the base game, or even just uh, one of the big box expansions with the base game, 
I really I love this game. Every time I play it, I just well, I think I this, have a good isn't time. this one of your favorite games? It is one of my favorite games. Not my favorite like, game of all time. Right. No. But if you mention it, I will be like, oh, I love that game. Oh, I want to play that game. Right. We should totally play that game. For me, it's a four, and it's probably a little bit of setting that it just doesn't quite. This, this setting's never going to kind of peek me over the, the the you know into the five range. Probably it's just, it just have to be so far beyond this for me to to go that way. You know, um, but I think it's I still think it's just an amazing. I think they really achieved a nice feeling adventure game in yeah, this box. And there's definitely. just nothing wrong with this. I mean, if you like Dungeons and Dragons and you want that to capture that spirit or that feeling, you know, without the uh, character. Yeah. Without a DM and without, <laughs> without a giant rule book that's, yeah. you know, and, and a whole session just making characters. This is a really fine way to do it. Yeah. So there you go. All that's right. rune bound. Second edition. <laughs> right. Now, that was a one of our for those of you playing at home thing. So let's find out what's coming up next time. It's time for those of you playing at home to get a chance to win a fabulous game review of your choice in an upcoming episode. Simply listen to these choices and cast your vote at our Board Game Geek Guild. Must be a member of our guild and reply by the Friday after this release. Standard Board Game Geek Guild membership required. CRPGG Guild for information on how you can join. Finding our guild is as simple as going to our website, talkaboutboardgames.com, and clicking the forums button at the top of the page. All right, Nicole. For those of you playing at home, so this is your chance to go to our Board Game Geek Guild and vote on a game we're going to play in an upcoming episode. And we'll put a poll up there. Will the poll, be a game that just the two of us play. Right, the poll will be open for seven days after the release of this episode. And then it's going to shut down and we're going to play the game. And then we're going to do edits on the game. And then we're going to release an episode with us playing this game. That's going to happen. Future. Yep. And the three we're going to vote between now, just in case you have an interest, if you haven't joined our guild, because there's plenty of you who have not joined our guild. <laughs> <laughs> we hope, we think. <clears throat> now, this is this is what you've got. Uh, you can listen to us play Legendary Predator. You might recall in, I think, episode five, we played Legendary Aliens. We rated that as one of our favorite games of all time, and it still is one of our favorite games. We like that game a lot. Uh, they, we have the sequel that I got in last, like, September, and I couldn't play it. I had, all the, I had all the fire and all the desire to play it, and I was missing cards. So I ordered replacement cards from uh, Top Deck, and they, they replaced them for free of charge, you know, and I waited four or five weeks for them to come back in, and at that point I was in Arizona and killing myself with, like, a 36-hour shift and all kinds of stuff, so... Yeah, he was there for work, not fun. Right. So I ended up not excited to play it. By the time I got back, I was just like, put the cards in the box. I don't care. And then we never played it. <laughs> and so... we haven't played it. So that's, that is one that we would like to get to the table. Uh, Isle of Sky. Now, this is one you got at your birthday, right? Did I get it for my birthday? Right. And this is, uh, this is a winner of a Kennerspiel, right? I Didn't think you so. say that? I think so. Or is it Kinderspiel? I don't know. It won, a, it won an like award. It's like a family game. It won an award. Right. It's a family game. Of the, it was like a family game of the year, and it's a tile-based game. I think it has some sort of Viking theme possibly to it. Don't know. Just heard good things and right. thought, that sounds fun. Mm -hmm. And the last one is a infamously legendary game. It's a Vlada Shavadal game. It is Mage Knight the Board Game. And I have played this solo. It's, it's listed as like one of the best solo games of all time. And I have played this solo a couple of times just the basic version of the solo game. 
and I've never played it with another person, so it, if you would like to hear that, that's available to vote on as well. So, Nicole, we did get one question. That's, that's for those of you playing at home, and just to wrap this episode up before I wrap up, we did get one question, came in on the guild. Let's find out what about that. Nope. You know, sometimes I say, what about that, instead of, we got answers. <laughs> <laughs> we got answers, though. I didn't know uh, if that was like a new take on the, no, on no. the topic. What about those answers? <laughs> what about So, uh, Steve actually wrote us a follow-up question for a question we answered last episode. He said, I'm kind of surprised that you guys barely listen to any other board game podcasts. Do you listen to any other podcasts? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, Nicole, what do you listen to? Um, I have like three main ones that I go to. Right. That are not board game podcasts. Uh, so I'll just go one of them and then you can name one of yours. No, go ahead. Um, well, one of them I listen to is uh, on NPR. It's that uh, Ask Me Another. It's like a trivia game yeah. live. They bring people up on stage like have people and they'll ask them trivia questions and they compete against each other and then they'll do a next round and two people compete against each other and then at the end they'll do like a lightning round where you just kind of round robin and answer questions right um but uh this plays into you going to trivia i love trivia i'm sorry it's fantastic (laughs) but also uh jonathan colton's on there he does he's their music guru right and so he'll any kind of music questions he'll be the one doing that and then occasionally they'll let him sing a song too yeah so it's fun. They'll always have like guests, special guests on there. They had Weird Al on Just a so few you guys weeks ago. Know, my favorite Jonathan Colton song is The First of May. Which is not appropriate for this <laughs> podcast. Right. I won't sing it. We but will check not it out. sing it. Check it out and know. If you're grown up, you can that, check that out. That for four years, on the 1st of May, when I go to work, I sing it to my coworkers and they all join in because they think it's awesome that it's May Day. <laughs> They're all grown-ups. Anyhow, you wouldn't know it by looking at them. Right. Go ahead. Uh, I also listen to Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Bill Burr is one of my favorite comedians ever. I think he is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, you know, I used to say George Carlin was, but George Carlin has this weird hippie era that I didn't think he was funny in the 70s. And then he comes into this golden age in the mid-80s to the late 90s. And then he starts being too cynical at, as of the millennium. And wasn't was just not funny again. So Bill Burr, though, has kind of had this consistency that he's I don't know what it is. cynical enough. Well, he's, he's, <laughs> he's what I call a writing comedian, and I really like that. Louis C.K. is one of those guys. Bill Burr is one of those guys. These are these guys who, when they release a special, they're already out touring a whole nother hour of material. And they never just get stuck in this one rut of, here's your sign, or you might be a redneck, or get her done. Or any of Some that. Some of that stuff's funny. Well, good, but it gets old great. after a while. I'm, yeah, I'm just it's saying, like, okay, great. yeah, next. But it's like the record's skipping and you're still talking. Right. You know? So 
Bill Burr's Monday he Morning Podcast. He doesn't he, he repeat just, no. his stuff. He just rants about the news, and then he answers questions, and half the time you go, you, you're saying, what are you, an idiot? Why would you tell this guy to do this or whatever? And then half the time you're laughing. So right. it's, it's fun. I like it. Okay. He cusses a lot. Also not appropriate for the oh show. Oh, my God. I put it on in my warehouse, and my boss walked in and goes, that guy just F-bombed four times before I could get across the room. Why are you listening to this? Turn this off. And I was like, he did? I'm so desensitized. You guys have no idea. <laughs> yes, but not on this podcast. No. <laughs> edit. <laughs> no, no edit. No edit. There, there was nothing to edit. Um, okay, so another one I listened to is, uh, and it also is very, very foul languagey, is uh, Hollywood Babylon with Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman. Right. Now, that, that one I used to listen to. And you well. got bored with it. <sighs> I'm kind of, I get bored with it on occasion, because Kevin Smith's comedy has just kind of gone a little... A little as- pot-centric. Yeah, I don't need to hear about it all the time. I mean, right. whatever you do, whatever. But, oh my gosh, dude, sober up for a day. Right. And don't write movies about people turning into walruses. It's not funny. No, Tusk I was liked, a terrible movie. It was a terrible movie. Right. But, like, I love some of his older stuff. I love, you know, Mallrats. I love Clerks. Clerks 2. Clerks 2 was good. Right. Dogma was fun. Yeah. You know, he's got, he's done some great stuff. And then, but lately it's just like, what are you trying to do, man? But I still, but Ralph Garman, I think is hysterical. Right. Ralph's a good radio personality. Yeah. And And he's he's got tons of voices. Yeah. He does impressions and stuff. And, but again, it's definitely R-rated radio. It's it's (laughs) R-rated and it's mostly, it's just celebrity news. So it's, it's. Yeah. And, and they're always making fun of all the celebrities. That's but they much also what they talk do. about like you know movies we know that are going to suck that are coming out, and right? Yep. Stuff like that, which I always you know I love movies. So yeah, if you want, this is the truth. And full disclosure again, if you want to know where I decided that I was going to start doing jingles for my podcast, it was listening to Hollywood Babylon. Except they cheat. Well, their oh, listeners well, they, they, they write their write jingles. Any, yeah, no, they, they don't write any of it. No, they, they don't write any of it. But I'm saying... Their that, listeners that listening, turn it in. Listening to their podcast is what inspired me to start sort of like the formula, whatever that we do, you know? Uh-huh. That was, that, that was the framework. It was no other board game podcast. It was Hollywood Babylon. Yeah. Um, so. Another one I listen to occasionally, and it's very subjective. I, I don't listen to very many of them, is I'll listen to the Eddie Trunk podcast. And Eddie Trunk is a guy who used to be on VH1 Classic with a couple other comedian guys doing a show called uh, That Metal Show. And he's he's a radio DJ guy who's been doing heavy metal radio since the mid-80s and still is doing it at this point. And he, he's so well-known. He gets all the top guys. Everybody, you know, who, every time they put out an album, they've got to be on Eddie Trunk's show. And he gets he gets these exclusive interviews. And well, he has ridiculous. his own podcast. His knowledge base is unreal right, right like they on the that metal show they actually did a segment called stump the trunk right and they would just ask him miscellaneous rock questions hard show. rock questions I miss, I miss it and he would so much more often get the answers to that than than miss them it, and, it's and there just were ridiculous. always these really nitpicky production questions yes like, like about, what is the seventh song on the third right. album of the, the they'll say they'll say something like this this album was recorded in you know, in London and except for one song was recorded somewhere else. Where was that recorded? And, uh, what and which song album was it? Was it? Yeah. What song I, it's was like, it? are and you he'll kidding be just me? like, you know, he'll just say something like ridiculous. It was recorded in Detroit and it was this, you know, 
And he's right. And it's like, how on earth would anyone know that? Right. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, right. I, I am not that into music in general, but metal music, it's, it's fine. I don't dislike it, but whatever. Right. But watching him is very interesting. Well, what's nice about Eddie is he gives the music the respect that it would like, you know? Yeah. And he doesn't, he, he's just... He's just a really intelligent, smart guy who's, you know, he doesn't sound, he doesn't come off stupid. Right. So he's, he's fun to listen to. And he's, he kind of supports my thing about it, which is just because you like a metal band doesn't mean you have to have long hair and have a denim jacket or leather jacket and <laughs> a yeah. tattoo and all that stuff. It, does, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, and Eddie's like that. Yeah. I like Eddie. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> What else do you listen to? All right, else? and then my my favorite one that I listen to is uh, called Good Job Brain, and again, it's a, just another trivia podcast. Right. Um, four people talking about whatever the topic is. Like a couple weeks ago, they talked about eggs. It was all about eggs. Uh, a couple weeks before that, it was like spices. My favorite thing isn't that the one that I heard about the uh, the honey guide. Yeah. That that's my favorite. One of my favorite things I've ever heard. They did this speech about the biggest jerk bird of all time. Which and I think I, we I talked st- about on the right. podcast and, and I started here. using it as a, as a microphone check because instead of saying, because you get up on stage and you say check one, two or whatever, which is all you're really doing is just listening to a couple of tones. You know, you go one, two, three, four. And it goes, uh, ooh, uh, uh, you know. Yeah. And it does that through the mic system. That's why you do that. It's, so it makes a couple different tones and you go through a different, you know, levels. Someone in the room will always start counting past it and like, or something like that. Or say, what happened to this next number? And these same jokes... Like, I'm just going to tell you, a lot of the times these jokes that hit you are jokes that that person hears all the time. Right. Right? And everybody has it. Everybody has their job, and they have the jokes that someone says to them. That Where's the like, price tag? Must be free. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. Sorry. <laughs> and those, when, when someone's checking a mic, and they're doing their job, and they're listening to the sound system, and you pipe up and interrupt their listening, they're not charmed by it at all. <laughs> they don't think it's funny either. So anyhow, <laughs> continuing on. <laughs> <laughs> what was the point? I was I used that as my sound check. Oh, okay. I started doing a speech about this this speech from Good Job Brain about the honey guide bird and, and how it was the biggest jerk. And it was amazing. All these stupid five, six, seven, eight kind of people, you know, in the room that would say that to me started like paying attention to me doing this honey guide thing and, and they loved it. Yeah. So it's fun. If you walk up there with material, like I used to, it, the dorky guys always do something like recite Edgar Allan Poe or something like that. <laughs> That's just not fun, you know? Yeah. They get up there and they, because they try to sound smart and highbrow. Right. But if you get up there and you educate people about something like the Honey Guide, <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> So, anyways, that that yeah, that podcast is pretty good. But that's that's, that's the podcast I listen to. Yeah, me too. That's All right, pretty much it. Right. Well, guess what? We are <laughs> out of time. Right. Right. Are, this is like our longest one yet, isn't it? This is it? our longest one. Right after we just did a short one, we've just done our longest episode. There you go. So we you're take welcome. a little, we give it back. We gave it back. You got your <laughs> dessert this time. Now that brings us to the uh, defeat of episode thirty-nine. And we love that you decided to spend your time listening to us, and we would love to hear from you as well. Now, you can send your questions and comments to talkaboutboardgames at gmail.com. Now, quite a bit of our show begins on Board Game Geek's guild page for our show. If you would like to contribute to the discussions, head to our website, talkaboutboardgames.com, and click the forum button at the top of the page. In fact, go there right now. Because you get to, if you go there, you get to vote on the next featured playthrough review, 
That's a, and also, till August 1st, you can rate the segments of our show and influence the future of this podcast. As usual, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, review our iTunes, and like our Facebook page. In two weeks, my brother comes over and plays the Spiel des Jahres winning camel racing game, Camel Up, or is it Cup? <laughs> <laughs> Weasel wing hunting flock. <laughs> <laughs> Weasel wing hunting flock. <laughs>